spread it over like five days, man. Like an hour and a half each day. And that was except like for, well, when I had the friends come over, I put them to work, and then we went to uh, Popeye's Chicken. Have you ever had Popeye's Chicken? Oh man, they starting to spring like, up around here. It's like the greasiest, greasiest stuff I've ever had. I've never actually had popcorn chicken before, oh. or not popcorn chicken, uh, popcorn shrimp. I, I would weigh like 400 pounds if I went there. It's like every day. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and um, and it sticks with you when you don't eat fast food. It kind of like you feel it. You feel yeah, your age does. after you eat fast food. Oh. Yeah, I, I never want to feel my age. Yeah, no. So we painted the room. It's um, it's the uh, hey, announcement. Um, my wife's pregnant, and she's going to, uh, you know, of all things go well, give birth at the end of June, first part of July. Yay! Congratulations, clap, clap, Matt. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Matt will be a father. Absolutely, first time father. I guess we should stipulate that first time father. They could probably hear it. In my I, I think I think we're gonna talk a little bit more about. <laughs> I your think that might be a recurring theme. Yeah. So that's probably so what wife, uh, all what, I'm gonna be uh, talking about for like. <laughs> so how's your wife doing? Long. What trimester she's in? She's third trimester, and um, she's she went away out of town for a week to visit family back Uh-oh. home, and uh, she came back and she was like so much bigger, man. Like and, all coming out in the front, wow. like it's just stretching out. Like I saw her in profile, and I was like, damn. <laughs> like I'm, we had to make sure that we don't have two in there. <laughs> are you sure that you don't have two we're sure we don't have two okay. yeah but we don't know what we're having either we're keeping that a secret because no gender reveal no we're um we are uh traditional that way i guess I and traditionalists are, are not bad so how was your week matt what uh what happened in the week of matt that's pretty much it i uh i painted and then i drank beer afterwards and watched my uh beloved toronto blue jays just get to the worst start in franchise history um they're i think right now like two and eleven maybe so and, what's happening uh, with the blue jays the, the like what did they just not show up to, to spring training did they decide not to play you heard it here first but this is not news to anybody who watches uh the team uh they look old they, they look real they old. Yeah, it looks like me and you taking hacks up against uh, oh, Chris man. Sale or whatever. You would not want to see me <laughs> yeah. try to play baseball. It's just right like now. throwing our backs out every oh, time boy. we take a swing. You just imagine. Uh, they got um starting pitcher who has an inflamed elbow, which usually means Tommy John surgery, and that's like Yikes. a two-year rehab, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also have Josh Donaldson, who's our like all-star he's third out. baseman. Yeah, he's got like this messed up calf, um, and he's like... It's funny. Uh, I think we were talking about it before, but Donaldson is known as having like the biggest calves in the major leagues. So like Ooh, he what? pulls his calves all the time. Okay. Yeah. He used to be a back catcher. So that's probably uh, it. Bending down. Yeah. And then we're also, we're missing someone else as well. Um, another starter. And then like everyone is just hitting like garbage, even though we're getting good pitching. So like it's very, very frustrating times, but I'm trying not to, let it affect my positivity about being a father. <laughs> yeah, that's fa- fair enough. <laughs> kind of puts things into perspective. So, uh, I'm going to I'm going to rub this in just a little bit, Absolutely. but my Yankees are second in AL East this week. Yeah, I see that. Uh they were <laughs> amazing. Uh I think uh Aaron Judge could hit by far the longest home run in Major League Baseball right now. He is just slugging it amazing. You have um, Bird as well, right? Because that guy's supposed to be crazy as well. He's another guy, uh, a young guy you have, um, who's just like Aaron Judge. He's, uh, yeah, he's just a masher. Like that's the thing with the Yankees. They, 
were the oldest team in baseball before the Blue Jays became actually the the Blue Jays have for the last two years have been the oldest team in the majors. Um, and uh, but the Yankees are like they got the veterans, but then they have these like all star young guys, these prospects coming up and like making immediate impacts right away. So I'm yeah, not, things I, are looking bright for the uh, the uh, the evil empire. You know, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to jinx it, so I'm going to, you know, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Hopefully that's but, plastic underneath there. <laughs> but, but I think the 2017 New York Yankees could go all the way. They, they, they could take it. They could take it. Maybe. I mean, uh, Boston has uh, lost uh, David Price, their elite starting pitcher. So there's a bit of a hole there. And nobody's really like every team in the division has more wins than the Blue Jays. But uh Nobody's really seeming to run away with it. So well, it's going to be a dogfight, man. Let's just put this in perspective. The this Blue, is the optimistic Blue Jays the, fan. The it's going to be a dogfight, man. The, no. You know what? The Blue Jays are playing 3-12. and 12. <coughs> We have the Orioles. The Orioles out of all teams. The Orioles 10-4. and 4, And the Yankees 10-5. and 5. We got the Red Sox at 10-6. and 6, And then Tampa Bay playing almost 500 at 9-8. and 8. The Blue Jays are so far out right now. I don't even think... Damn. Like, if you lined up all the bats that the Blue Jays had in their dugout, you wouldn't even get them, uh, you know, as far as away. Can they see from, like, a second or third place position? Right, They are so far out. They are really far out of it. Um, You know how I knew that they were going to be really far out of it? Is that I haven't actually looked at the division standings at all this year or the overall standings. Like, well, I don't even want to know what teams were classed with. I know the Blue Jays have the worst record in majors well, right now. Well, once the Yankees beat the Orioles, uh, I think on they start the series on the 24th. By all means, I hate the Orioles. I hate the Yankees too, man. Oh, God. I just want to reach over rip that hat off your head <laughs> i was so kind as not wearing my uh my blue jays hat i'm wearing a hat that refers to a no, motorcycle you know, exhaust company i don't care if you wear your blue jays hat because like uh, you know we play the blue jays we kill you we play any other team we're gonna beat them it's gonna be a tight series against the orioles starting the 24th but i think the yankees are gonna pull through who do the jays have up next can you check that for me quickly while i try to defend my team i mean the problem with the Blue Jays is that we got good all of a sudden for two years, two seasons. We made the conference uh, finals or the uh, the ALCS two years in a row, which is completely unheard of. Um, there's statistics out there that like the unlikelihood of a team making the playoffs even three years in a row, it um, is pretty high. So I think a lot of Blue Jays fans have gotten a false sense of entitlement. Um you know, I'll say this. I, I was watching this disgusting team way back in like 1997. My fandom goes back to 1991. Um, but they had some dark years. They had, they went 22 straight years without making the uh, postseason. And then I just see clowns like Phil who are just like, I like the Yankees. They're always good. Yeah. I, despicable. I've, I've liked the Yankees for a while. So coming up. <laughs> That's what my buddy Chris the always Jays, says. <laughs> the, the Jays are facing off against the Angels for a bunch of games. And then um, 20 the Angels. The Sweet. Angels. Then then they'll face the Cardinals. Oh, but that's on the road. Because whenever the, the Blue Jays go to the West Coast, these East Coast teams, they always get devastated. Then they're playing Tampa Bay, the Rays. The devil, got... the devil Rays. I refuse to call them the Tampa Bay Rays. They are forever called the Devil Rays to me. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, you know, after that, we got the Red Sox. 
It's not looking too good for him. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't look good for the Blue Jays. But I'll be watching every single game like I always do, and I always have since 1991. Yeah. So, Phil, how was your week? What'd you get up to? Uh, my week has been pretty busy. I've spent most of it out of the house, uh, you know, dealing with a variety of things. Um, I did uh, sink my teeth into uh, Nassim Taleb's Anti Fragile. That's a book about uh, the happiness industry. Picks up, um, you know, a little bit about uh, love errors. Oh, wow. So is this a, uh, a book for fun? Uh, this is, right now it's a book for fun. It might make its way into some of my work. This is how we get down. <laughs> yeah. How we, we read uh, how nice, we you know, what is this, like a 400 page, five, uh, actually finishes at 500 page. Yeah. That's the... Dense little book. <laughs> That's my evening. Beautiful. Evening. So other than that, what did you La- do? Last weekend, uh, we cooked. Uh, we started off the barbecue season with some uh, some good old burgers, cheeseburgers. And uh, I did uh, some smoked ham, nice. uh, some turkey on the grill. Yeah, and I tried some of that. It was uh, divine, divine. It actually made me weak in the knees. It, and I never really get that with food. I'm not a big foodie guy, but that one was like, whew, I can see why people do this. It was pretty good. So we've been uh, eating. That's a huge understatement. <laughs> it yeah. was exceptional. Well, Superb. Thanks, uh, yeah, Sublime. Thanks. Sublime. <laughs> Great <Yeah>. band. <laughs> we, so yeah, we haven't been cooking. We've been eating leftovers all week. Uh, we went out for dinner on Wednesday. Um, so, you know, it's just been a lot of time out of the house. So it's nice to spend the afternoon with Matt, uh, in the office, recording the podcast. Looking deep into each other's eyes and speaking uh, into microphones. <laughs> soon we'll read each other some poetry. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so, um, anyway, welcome uh, to Semi-Intellectual Musings, co-hosted by myself, Philip Primo. And Matt Sanderson. Um, the, the goal of the podcast is really to, to provide a f- platform to promote academic research and publications. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And from time to time, we'll have our friends and colleagues, people we've met along our own academic journeys, come in and talk about the things that uh, inspired them and uh, gets them thinking. So we explore social sciences, humanities, and arts. The general feel is pretty laid back, a little whimsical. We don't uh, really take ourselves too seriously. Um, Our goal is to bring you a, a series of discussions and interviews, overviews that are approachable, relatable, fit in with our kind of everyday experience in life. And with the interviews that we'll have, some will be with academics, people that have inspired us, um, or we think their work is inspiring, I suppose. And also change makers, people who are maybe outside of the walls of academia who uh, are doing interesting things as well. So we promise to make things interesting and relatable in that way. Uh, we're going to try to combine the published world to everyday experiences, making connections between unseemingly unconnected things. And we do it with uh, reviews, storytelling, uh, sometimes some interviews. We'll give us our honest opinions, and we really look forward to hearing yours. So you can tweet at us at the simpod, that's the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D on Twitter. You can email us at semi-intellectual, all one word, at gmail.com, that's semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us some ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think. Um, Near the end, we're going to do some recommendations, and we'd love to hear your recommendations. Um, So email us, tweet at us, do all that kind of stuff. Um, 
The show is divided into several segments. Uh, right now, we're a couple minutes into the intro. Um, next, uh, we're going to start talking about a couple articles. Uh, we'll have a discussion around that. Um, and then, um, you know, near the end, we're going to do some recommendations, um, maybe podcasts that we've been listening to, uh, maybe some books that we've been picking up on. Um, once in a while, we also talk about cooking, gardening, drinking, sports, probably in that order. Uh, some shows will follow a particular theme, like, you know, we'll explore power, agency, religion, um, maybe sex. Absolutely. Maybe drugs. Maybe some rock and roll in there. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, um, and all of the recommendations we make and any articles that we review will be available uh, in the show notes. Um, sometimes as well, uh, uh, if we look at images or listen to things as well, we'll link those up uh, through YouTube. Check out the show notes. So follow us on Twitter, email us, look at the show notes. We'll always post what, we'll, uh, what we explore in the notes. So if you miss something that we've talked about along the way, don't feel bad. Uh, go look at the notes. And I suppose at some point I'll have to set up a website. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I keep but... referring to this website that doesn't actually exist right now. <laughs> yeah. That hasn't happened yet, but it <laughs> Not will. Not yet. Soon. Soon. All right. Uh, well, that's, uh, you know what? Let's get on with now. the show. All I have Absolutely. to do is I'll... press record and we're making a podcast. Yeah. You see the red light on the screen and uh, I know it's go time. It's go. Yeah. So How are you doing, Matt? Pretty good, man. How was your week? Uh, my week has been pretty good. I, uh, I had to proctor an exam. That's uh, exciting. That's exciting. It's one of the most exciting things that you can do as a grad student is proctoring an exam. Was it the full three hours? It was a two-hour exam, luckily, oh. and we were out of there. I had everything organized. We were out of there five minutes after the two hours. Uh, so there's three other teaching assistants and myself there, uh, 200 students. Uh, it was a criminology exam in a big gymnasium. Was it in the gym? It yeah. was in the gym. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Like. As an undergrad, because we, we must have all been there at one point, I don't, like, I'm trying to think back if I ever wrote exams in a giant auditorium or not. Yeah, well, I remember doing them. Yeah? How how did that affect your uh, test execution? Like, how did you do on those exams, just being um, in that environment? Because yeah. I always think about it, because, I mean, when you're proctoring, you got, like, three hours to just walk up and down those rows. Yeah. And um, you start thinking about things pretty deeply. Yeah, for sure. Um how did I do in gymnasium exams? Probably okay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I would probably sit closer to the front, to be honest with you, not to see like the the sea of heads in front of me and people squirmishing in their seats because they can't remember stuff, looking around. Um, That's a good tip. What What other tips can we pass on to any uh, young undergrads who are, uh, got an exam like that? Upcoming? Well, I don't know. That if might actually be helpful. I don't know if it's a tip, but for me, um, I have to say, don't take off your shoes when you're going into an exam. Uh, so I, this was Monday. Um, I don't. I don't know. It wasn't a very warm day out, but it was spring, and this mm. fellow uh, decides to walk in and get settled in by taking off his shoes and socks, and you know. That's fine, I guess, but people around him weren't too happy. Really? Like, you can actually, like, an audible smell came no, off of yeah, his feet? <laughs> yeah, and one person has to move. Oh, really? Like, mid-exam was like, I can't take this anymore. So oh, we had wow. to move her. Wow. Uh, like, you know, and I don't think he noticed. He was in his zone. Um, well, I, I think it's like, I don't know, it's probably been, like, psychologically proven in, like, some sort of crazy 
a test from the 50s involving monkeys in some way. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> there's my lead in. Um, but uh, I know that uh, the sense of smell, um, you notice a change in the smell landscape. So a guy like a gym smells a certain way and you're kind of prepared for it. But um, somebody taking off their shoes and socks makes you notice that smell. And that's all like you you can't notice anything else because the sense of smell is one of our most powerful senses, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, that's why farmers, they don't notice the smell of cow manure. But when you drive through the country, it's all you can smell. Yeah. Well, how was your week? <laughs> Fascinating. Um, pretty good. Um, I went to a rather famous uh, book fair, uh, used books. Um, oh, do tell us more. Uh, it's very exciting. I, um, I'm self-diagnosed bibliophiliac. So I, um, I you, have an obsession with, you books. meet the nine criteria of bibliophiliac. Yeah, absolutely. We should post that someday. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if that exists. I can try to, th- I can try to think of nine. Oh, do you think it's in the DSM bibliophilia? No, no, no. Mm. Anyway, anyway, something to, something to Google later. Um, but yeah, no, I went to this, uh, this crazy book fair. It was, um, maybe like four rooms, uh, stacked with, uh, with books that are, they're all like $1 or $2. So you just like take these uh, reusable bags and just load it up. So I went with my buddy Evan and uh, we just loaded up on books and uh, it was very exciting. Any good finds? Uh, yeah, a number of good finds. Um, I got a biography on Foucault I, uh, with you in mind. I, was, nice. I saw the beard and I was like, Ooh, Phil would like this one. Your beard. Oh, not because yeah, Foucault was yeah, exactly. uh, clean shaven, yeah, all around kind of. Oh yeah, kinda yeah, guy. he was like cue ball, right? Yeah. He, so um, the Foucault biography. What else? Uh, I got um, random, like kind of classics. Like I, uh, I read uh, Mark Twain's, uh, Mark Twain's obviously, uh, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer recently, okay. just because I've never read Mark Twain before. Yeah. Uh, so I got the Yankee from Connecticut and King Arthur's Court or whatever that book is called. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? I'm not a Twain. Uh... He's a really good writer, man. I, I recommend yeah. picking it up. He he can spin a yarn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like uh, I've read some things from Twain, but I'm not, I, I don't know. as Well versed. No, no, I mean, I've not, only, uh... I only read uh, 30% of uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> just a, f- a few too many uh, end bombs in that one. For right. Liking. Yeah. Um, but uh, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about at this book fair um I don't know. Have you been to a used book like sale recently? Not as big as the one that you're talking about. Okay. So it was like loaded with these people on their cell phones, like dipping and diving at your feet because they had like the extra books underneath the tables. So the top, the ones on the tabletop have been like slammed through by these people and then they were going down underneath. So it was already like all the tables were like just a little bit too close together. So everyone was like shoulders tucked in, like, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry. It was like the most Canadian thing ever. Everyone's apologizing to each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, But then these like super aggressive people on their cell phones. And I look at, finally look at one of their phones and they're like scanning barcodes on every single book. And it tells them the um, like online price of each book. And they're just like, bam, 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 bam. Just going through these books under the table and like, you know, Captain Concussion over here um, is like, you know, watching his step, right? He doesn't want to like topple, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I sort of left like really pissed off. 
Like oh. it, it pissed me off in some way. It kind of ruined my day. So they were there as resellers. They were trying to get cheap books and then resell them yeah. online probably. Yeah. And the guy, I even saw the guy who owns like my favorite like uh, storefront used bookstore um, in Ottawa here. All books? Uh, all books. They're a free plug for all books. Um, yeah, You're so not affiliated saw, with all books in any way. No, he, uh, he, yeah, he couldn't afford us. We're too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, no. So it was just sort of like... It was a really aggressive atmosphere. But on the plus side, before we went, Evan jumps in the car and he's like, you hungry? I'm like, hell yeah. And he's like, you want some spring rolls? I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted. Because for the la for the previous four days, I had been hardcore craving spring rolls, like the deep fried ones and you dip in the little plum sauce. And he comes out, he went, took me to this place that's uh, like an Asian grocery store okay. um, in Chinatown. Right. Um, we In Ottawa, we have like a place called Chinatown, if you're not from here. Um, it's like so, two, three yeah. blocks large. Yeah. It's very small. Yeah. And, um, and they were like 25 cents a piece. Sweet. Yeah. They're amazing. Like piping hot at like 10 in the morning. Breakfast spring rolls. Highly recommend. Fresh spring rolls. Absolutely. Great. And that's what I did. Well, so, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a too bad a week that we had. No, man. I bought like, I bought like 30 books. Like I'm going to bring uh, half of them over and we can pick through them next time. Amazing. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah, I know you do. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome everyone. Uh, you're with us on Semi-Intellectual Semi Musings. This is a podcast hosted by myself, Philip Primo. And myself, Matt Sanderson. It's a podcast on social sciences, humanities, and arts. We do it uh, the storytelling way. We do it the review of books way. Um, the podcast is intended to provide a platform to publicize social science and academic work, uh, but also as a sounding board for those looking to get into social science, humanities, or arts. Absolutely. Um, and from time to time, <laughs> we made a pact with each other that I would try to stop saying absolutely. And Phil wouldn't be able to say whimsical again. So I already uh, stepped on myself there. All right. Well, what, what, what are we doing here, Matt? Let's try to figure out a way to, to, to tell our audience what we're doing on today's episode in general. So, oh, so we we've, we've, we've done this a bunch of times and each time we find a new way to explain what this podcast is about. That's that's true because like right now I'm uh, on the spot and I'm like, what is this podcast? So that's probably why we're uh, trying to find a way to define it. I also want to try to have um, people kind of, I'm reluctant to use the term activist, but people out in the world um, doing uh, civil action, let's say, and changing lives. Um, and sometimes they could be academics and I... I hope we can have academics who uh, bridge both of those worlds, the ivory tower and the uh, the so-called real world. Um, so I don't know, maybe the podcast is about that. Right. So uh, one thing that this podcast does try to do is bring the published world uh, in line with our lived realities uh, uh, to make uh, you know the published world uh, more accessible, um, to make the published world uh, a little less scary for some people, mm. um, but then also to revisit some stuff that maybe you've read um, in the past and you'd like to hear us talk about it. Absolutely. And I like, um, <laughs> again, whimsical. I get two absolutely. I haven't said whimsical. Uh, I've said it twice now. You've said absolutely like three times now. <laughs> oh, I want to say it again. All right. Well, <laughs> as you can tell, we don't take ourselves too seriously and this podcast doesn't try to take itself too seriously. Um, it is... Uh, composed of a few segments. The first segment is the intro, um, 
we're about 10 minutes into that. They usually last about 10 to 14 minutes. Um, after that, Matt and I will review some articles, uh, books, works of fiction um, that we've come across, provide you with some of our commentary. We will always be honest in what we talk about. So if we like it, if we don't, our commitment to you is to give you our honest opinion about these published works. So today we're going to uh, actually talk about uh, my research uh, on concussions. I brought in, uh, I think, four articles. Um, one that we're going to read pretty in-depth uh, from The Gauntlet, um, which is a periodical uh, written by the sister of a WHL hockey player. It's the Western Hockey League, uh, so it's Junior A Hockey. Um who uh, her brother had a number of concussions and it's her experiences um, being beside him while he was recovering. Um, I also brought in an article that talks about neuroplasticity. So that's uh, kind of part of the, um, the current um, trend in, in concussion research. Um, it relates to how the brain recovers, regrows, but some of the problems that... Um, come with actually the brain recovering. Um, so it relates to dementia and Alzheimer's and CTE, uh, some things people might be familiar with. Uh, we also have an article on uh, uh, female concussions, uh, particularly high school, um, high school athletes. And I think that's a understudied and underreported um, um, aspect of concussions is uh, concussions in female athletes, uh, just like most uh, dynamics in female athletics. And then we're going to watch uh, some videos, uh, some uh, Rock'em Sock'em Hockey, perhaps, uh, Don Cherry. We're going to look at Eric Lindros' concussions and Sidney Crosby. And uh, then we're going to come back with some recommendations. Absolutely. I don't know if you got that, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that was intentional. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much, Phil. You can reach us uh, at on Twitter, at the underscore sim underscore pod the sim pod uh you can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com and you'll be able to find the podcast very soon on the sim.podbean.com that's the sim.podbean.com we look forward to hearing uh your comments uh, we look forward to hearing what you think about the show so don't don't be shy email us tweet at us Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Um, awesome. So, so let's get uh, on with the show. How's it going? Like the show? Man. It uh, looks like it's sprouting up a little it, bit. It's really starting to sprout. Uh, we got some good spring weather. Uh, lots of rain. You know what they say about uh, April showers? Uh, uh, what? They bring May flowers? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. And last year um, I spent a couple weeks uh, digging out um, a patch in the back area that the developers had cut down all the trees and it was intended to put a garage. So it was all like really hard compacted dirt. Uh, so I, I put in a meadow. Um, so it's like, um, I don't know, it's about 750 square feet, I guess. Why, uh, why a meadow? Like, what's the idea there? Well, I didn't feel like uh, mowing grass. Yeah, that's, and, that's fair. And uh, also it was like a rock plane out there. Like you just destroy any lawnmower that you could possibly have. Yeah. It's very rocky. It's on like a little bit of an incline. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting in wildflowers. So I got a good wildflower mix from, uh, from Vessi's. 
Yeah. But uh, they don't support this podcast. <laughs> Is uh, it, uh, are you like one of those uh, political honeybee person? I'd like to attract bees. Yeah. I- I'm kind of a political honeybee guy. Yeah. You know, I think in theory, it's a good idea to have bees around and doing their thing. But if I'm outside doing a barbecue, having a burger or some ribs or something, I don't really want them around. Yeah, um, I can see that. But what about like, do you get like black flies and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, we there? have, yeah, we have tons of black flies here. Those they're awful. Yeah, they're like, it. they just killed me last year. But, you know, I'll take, I'll take those couple few weeks where it's really buggy and stuff or whatever, just for everything else that comes with uh, living in the country in the summer. Are you going to start a bat farm? Yeah, we have a couple spots where we're going to put in some bat uh, homes. Really? I uh, I was just kind of shot in the dark. I no, even... <laughs> condos for bats. Yeah, it's a thing. Huh. Um, but we're not really well positioned. We're, we're going to do it anyway, but uh, bats tend to like to be a certain distance from a major waterway or like a river. Don't or a, Don't you have a lake over there? Well, we do have lakes, but we're kind of either too close or too far from them. Uh, um, when we looked into it, when we last year, when we were doing some stuff outside, that, that makes sense, man. Like the uh, all the flies and stuff converge around the water, right? So that's yeah, the exactly. Best here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do have uh, owls, uh, quite a few owls that that made their homes in in our backyard. So that's kind of nice. And what we're hoping for with owls the, are scary, man. They really always freak me out. They just come out of nowhere and they're huge. They're aggressive. Are they're, they? Oh fuck. Yeah. Like they they hunt shit down. Like they. Oh, so yeah. they'll, they'll like follow you and like check you out and shit. They've never attacked us, but there are, <laughs> there are stories of owls taking swoops at. <laughs> Save it for the podcast if you had an owl attack story. <laughs> oh yeah. If, if an owl attacks me, I'm talking about it. Um, but no, what we really hope to do with the, um, with the meadows, uh, attract some, um, like hummingbirds, um, butterflies. We got quite a few of those last year. So. And you get deer out here as well, right? Tons of deer. Uh, part of the mix that I. getting a crossbow this year? No. No, just for looking at it. Silent. No. Silent. No, just for looking at it. Just take the loin. We had lots of deer come in last year um, because part of the mix I put in is this very high in protein grass that deer tend to like. So they come in in late summer, early fall to graze, um, which is great. So last year we had maybe 10 or 12 uh, come in, Mm. uh, which was, you know, it's quite impressive to wake up in the morning and there's, you know, 10 deer in your backyard. It's cool. It's like it's your own little ecosystem, our own little park back there. Eh? Well, I mean, it used to be a forest. Yeah. And to uh, build the house that we are currently in, uh, they had to cut down some of those trees. So if I can build a bit of it back, uh, I'd be happy. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. I don't know. It reminds me. I, uh, I think back uh, some days on days like this, like this would be a day where... Me and my boys would get together, grab a football, go out to Bear Creek Park, and uh, just chill, man. Sit out in the park and uh, do what we do. Where's Bear Creek Park? Oh, Bear Creek. Uh, sorry, that's a, I just assume you're from my hometown sometimes. No, but I... uh, it's in Surrey, British Columbia. Surrey. Yeah, yeah it's like our. Um, I'd say it's like our central park. Like it's our our big giant park that uh, spans. I don't even know how many blocks, how many acres, but. Uh, it's huge. It's got like a famous swimming pool. Uh, it's got this like cheesy walkway uh, through this garden sort of area that people who get married in Surrey wow. go get their pictures taken there. It's uh, It's got everything you'd want in a park. And um, I don't know, one of my favorite things, you'd never really be able to plan it, but every once in a while you would wander in there and they would be, uh, they'd be playing this uh, game called Kabaddi. 
You know what that is? It's like a sport. Kabaddi? Yeah, from India. You've talked to me about it. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Hold on to your pants. This is going to be awesome. Right. Um, it's something that we're passionate tell about. Us, Surrey. Tell us about Kabaddi. Okay, so where the the town that I'm from, Surrey, BC, um, has got a, for like a, any foreign listeners that we have, uh, uh, we call people from India or people born in Canada of Indian descent, we call them Indo-Canadians. But um, most of the people in Surrey are from India or of Indian heritage are Sikhs from uh, Punjab. Okay. Which it's, it's up in like the northwest corner of India, right? Up in the mountains, right? And people from there are like uh, kind of like hardy mountain people, right? Like I, I got a lot of friends from there. They're like pretty big guys. And uh, one of the most popular sports in India, probably the next to cricket, I'd imagine, mm. um, is Kabaddi. And it's like you get a whole bunch of beefy guys and it's basically like Red Rover, Tag, and Rugby all smushed together. Whoa. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, though I'm sure I'll get Phil to throw some links up there, but there, if you type in Kabaddi into YouTube, um, there you'll find some amazing clips. Um, basically, there's like a professional league out of India, and there's also a world championship of Kabaddi. And uh, the world championships actually just happened in 2016 at the end of the year, and uh, India. I looked it up, uh, one for the third straight year. Uh, they beat Iran uh, this year. Um, but actually, I, I was surprised to see. I'm not surprised, actually, considering that there's a, uh, a lot of people who play Kabaddi in Canada. But in 2011, Canada came second in uh, the World Championship. So go Canada. That's not too bad. It's awesome. I also looked this up. Um, the style of Kabaddi that they play in Punjab, um, the style that I'm most familiar with, is uh, it's called Amar, um, A-M-A-R. Um, and I know, like, I know so many Amars um, from Surrey, so it's, it was kind of cool to see that. Um, and I feel like the Punjabi style is, like, the guys are, like, bigger, perhaps, because anytime I went to Bear Creek Park, it was just, like, the guys you wouldn't want to mess with at a club, like, shirtless and, like, basketball shorts, just, like, running at each oh, other. Boy. Yeah, and basically, as I said, the game is, like, a Red Rover style where you have two teams line up, and there's, like, probably, like, a center line. And you send one guy at a time over to the opposing side, and the opposing side tries to tackle him, right? And if you can score him away and run back to your own side without them, like, grabbing you, I guess, uh, you score a point. So is this the game where you have to hold your breath and run around saying, kabaddi, 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 kabaddi? <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a interesting, like, um, interesting dynamic in it. Like, in the World Championship um level i think i don't think they have to hold their breath but they have to constantly say kabaddi and um i guess like it's interesting it's almost like um like if you don't say kabaddi it's like uh like a double dribble or whatever like you kind of lose possession i think right so yeah. saying it is kind of like dribbling the ball yeah. down the court yeah so i think and that's where like the refs come in like they they oh. police shit like that um but it's um it's a fascinating game i looked up some of the history um, do tell us 1936 the berlin olympics it was actually a demonstration sport so hitler's olympics it was actually the first time it was uh, demonstrated to like the international community wow um it's uh that's pretty much all i got <laughs> where what is it like what's its origin where does it come from oh it's like the word itself is tamil so that comes from the south of india but um it's played all over the country. It's like the most popular or the second most popular sport. So 
um, I think there's like regional variations to it. Um, it's mainly, it's kind of like a stickball kind of game where it's played in like small communities and villages. Like you'd play it in the street or out in the fields or whatever. And um, I think part of the history is like the reason why Punjab became um, so enthralled with Kabaddi um, was because, a little brief history side, um, they, people from Punjab, um, they, the Sikhs have only been around for like 300 plus years um, as an organized religion. Um, and within that time, they've been persecuted by Muslims and Hindus in the in India, right? So because they're farmers and they don't have access to the military training, I think they use Kabaddi as a way of like combat training. And it's also kind of like, if you look at it, if you look at on YouTube, you'll see it's like, it's kind of like barehanded combat, right? So a lot of times when you see farming communities, they use styles like that. As yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a video right now. Um, I can see this definitely being related to military training. It, it looks like uh, what happens if you're up shit creek and you don't have a weapon. Like, I don't know, you're off in the latrine or something. And then like four guys just kind of storm you. I'll post some links. It's it's a it looks like a really interesting game. I'm not I'm not sure I'd really play it. Yeah, I, I, I think I I think I'm going to skip my next yeah, uh, Kabaddi championship. I think these guys are huge, massive. Like I'd yeah, yeah. yeah get frightening. So welcome to the show. This is Semi Intellectual Musings, uh, hosted by yours truly, Philip Primo and Matt Sanderson. This is the podcast that explores social sciences, humanities, and arts. And uh, we try to not take ourselves too seriously. No, we don't. <laughs> like this intro. <laughs> well, so so I think every intro, we're going to try to find a new way to explain it, um, what, what exactly we're doing. Um, but what, what we're doing in uh, this podcast is we're providing a platform for academics and uh, published works uh, to be publicized uh, a bit more broadly. We try to make uh, academic work accessible. Um, in a kind of lighthearted, uh, whimsical sort of way. Uh, like, I, like Matt said, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, so one of the things that we do is uh, we do discussions. We talk about stuff that's published, uh, stuff that we've come across that's interesting. Some um, episodes may follow a particular theme. Uh, others won't. And will just be stuff that uh, we think that you'd like to hear about. We'll also do some interviews. We'll uh, be reaching out to academics. We'll be reaching out to policymakers, movers, groovers, shakers, people in the community who have stories to tell. Um, so we want to hear your story if you have one. You can contact us uh, at semiintellectual at gmail.com. You can also uh, tweet at us at the underscore SIM underscore pod. That's the SIMPod on Twitter. And you'll be able to uh, subscribe, follow RSS feed, uh, catch, podcatch, whatever it's called, uh, this show on the Podbean network uh, at the sim at dot the sin. The sim? Yeah. Yeah, it's the sim, the sim dot, dot podbean dot com. Dot com. Yeah. And the sim, all one word. Oh boy, that was a mouthful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get better at that as we go along. Well, I hope we yeah. will. Consult the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess you've already found us, so just subscribe in your podcatcher. 
Try to, yeah, please subscribe. Leave us yeah. uh, reviews. Uh, let, let us know what you think. One thing that we do promise is that everything that we talk about um, is our honest opinion. So if we like or if we dislike a piece of work, uh, our promise to you is that it's our honest opinion. We're not going to go, you know, BSing you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do look forward to hearing from you via email. Um, we've released a couple of episodes by this point, I imagine. Is that the order we that will we're have. going in? Yeah, we will have. So um, there's a couple of good topics in there. One was on mental health, another one on concussions, and those are both topics that we would like to hear from you. So, um, But be sure when you do write in, uh, note if you want us to read it on the podcast or not. Yeah. The, the format of the show is we do an intro. Uh, we're about uh, 13 minutes into it. It generally runs between uh, 10 and 14 minutes long. Uh, next, we'll review some articles or some works uh, that we find interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, we finish off with either some recommendations or um, something else that, uh, you know, we might come up with. Could be a special interview. Could be some poetry. Maybe we'll do a little poetry session with Matt. <laughs> Slam poetry only. Yeah. yeah. Have anything else to add, Matt? Really no, nothing at all. I'm looking forward to starting the show. All right, well, camping. let's start the find show. A birch tree. Oh, birch trees are great. And uh, that was... Um, yeah, I was in like Cub Scouts. We called it like there was beavers and then beavers, cubs, right? cubs. And uh, then uh, yeah. I dropped out before Scouts, which was the uh, like the the teenager oh, yeah, cubs yeah. or yeah. whatever. And um, but there has been certain skills and tips about being out in the woods that have really uh, stuck with me. And one of them is a uh, birch bark. Oh, like making a canoe or making a fort. For yourself or that kind of stuff like or... make a lean to a lean to yeah. lean to yeah. um and i i know how to like get like cedar boughs and stuff like that so i can get off the ground but uh birch trees man that's like nature's newspaper absolutely you yeah can do a lot of stuff i love throwing it in a fire personally because it just kind of flames it up gets the fire going real <laughs> really? quick but you know that's my pyrotechnic side man this one time when we were uh, camping. It was our first camping trip and it was way into the witching hour, like 3 a.m. And uh, I'm looking next uh, next to me, my buddy Mike, he just takes my lighter and just chucks it into the campfire. No. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I going to do? Like, wait. Wait. Duck. And it was like, really? Yeah. And just shot like this flame and knocked oh, him wow. like back. And uh, yeah, it was just like valuable lesson. There's a lesson for the woods. Yeah. Don't throw a Bic lighter into a campfire. Or tell people who would that you have a lighter. No, like, this was uh, way out of character. Like, Mike's one of the nicest guys. Like, he's not some sort of, like, crazy animal or anything like that. Like, you wouldn't expect it. Because as soon as he did it, he's like, oh, oh, I, what was I even trying to do there? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're recording now. Uh, how how are you been? How's your week, Matt? What's uh, new in the world of Matt? Um... Well, I went for a baby training run. A training run, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to... Uh, what does that um, mean? I went to my aunt and uncle's house, and uh, they look after my cousin's uh, firstborn. Um, he's one years old. And uh, yeah, I kind of had a baby tutorial. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And how's that going? Uh, well, it was... Um, he was a little bit unsure of the Blue Jays hat. So he might be a Yankees fan like you. Perfect. Um, but uh, I kind of took it off and play, like put it back on and like danced around with this ball with a smiley face on it. And he kind of warmed up to me a little bit, but like every so often, like every five, 10 minutes, he would look for uh, grandma. 
uh-huh. and I uh, couldn't find her and then just start crawling away like crying. Okay. So I got to look after him myself on Monday. Okay. And um, I've never changed a diaper before. I've seen it done. Um, I fed him, which is good. So I fed a baby for the first time on Thursday. Wow. And um, I think I've handed a, an infant a bottle once or twice. Okay. Yeah. So so relatively green to the whole yeah, baby Yeah, we'll see thing. how this goes. Well, the baby's still alive right now? Uh, so far. Okay. Well, that's, so far. you know, um, yeah, I haven't got a, there yet. It's on Monday, so it's coming up. So we'll, I'll report back. As a baseline, keeping the baby alive is good. So you want to continue doing that. I, I hear they recover quickly as well. So maybe. Well, like after you've injured it? Yeah, just in case. Uh, How about we not think about the recovery time? <laughs> just don't even get to injuring think, it. You know what I think is going to happen is I'm going to change his diaper like 10 times because yeah. I'm just going to think anytime he cries, he needs a diaper change. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have also, there's another thing I don't know. I have no idea how often babies uh, go to the washroom in their pants, um, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a little bit of a crash course. I'm uh, trying we, not to be nervous. Well, okay. So from experience with my nieces and nephews uh, and watching my brothers and sisters raise babies, um, inevitably you just got to do the sniff test. Yeah, I uh, saw my aunt do that. And I also saw her um, pull the diaper back and then just wipe her finger in there to see if he peed in it. I yeah. was like, wowza. See, I think uh, you can do that with your own baby. I'm not sure... Like, I've never done that, but I've seen my brothers and sisters do it. Uh, it's a little weird to do with someone else's kid, maybe. Well, maybe. I don't what know. What about a grandchild? Because uh, this is well, really a like question. Well, that's like your kid. Of, yeah, a grandchild is kind of like your kid. Like, that's that's okay. This is like a question of kinship, right? Like, yeah. how far does your kinship ties uh, and the norms around your position yeah. extend, right? Yeah. So, like, cousin kid? Like, what is my cousin's kid to me, even? Is that a second cousin? Your cousin's kid... Is that second cousin? Or does it just not even count in like Western culture? No, like we it don't must even count. have a ter- if it doesn't have a term, then it doesn't really have significance. So are you are you that kid's us. uncle? I think I'll probably be called an uncle, but then he's got two other brothers, right? So like that's another thing. You don't want to like offend like the direct siblings no. by like calling someone else uncle. Like I have a whole bunch of uh buddies who will be uncles because I just have my one sister, right? Right. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so your sister's kid is your uh, niece or niece nephew, and, nephew. and then yeah. you're their uncle. Yeah. But your cousin's kid, I don't even, I don't know what that is. Because it's not a second cousin, right? No, it's not a second cousin. Would you be a great uncle? And it, they would be is your... a second cousin a cousin's cousin? Uh, I think second, yeah, second cousin is like, oh, what is second cousin? I, don't, I have no idea what second cousin is. And then, but then you also have to do like the once removed things, huh. which I'm not sure how they work either. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, this is something where maybe, um, some sort of expert in uh, yeah. kinship can write into the show and uh, we'll glance at that email. Yeah. <laughs> but it glance is probably the right word. Uh, all that stuff just confuses me. See, I think it was much more important when we had huge families and you were worried about marrying like your cousin or something. Um, mm. but like our family structures are quite small, mm. uh, and we're geographically dispersed. Like we, we tend to live far from one another. So we're no longer like in a small community where like you have, I don't know, a family of like 200, um, close ties. But anyway. Mm. Interesting. What did you yeah. do this week? <laughs> um, what did I do? I, um, so after having, uh, proctored the exam, I had to grade the exam. Oh, 
So I uh, spent... The second most interesting thing you can do in grad school is well, I'm not sure if it's that interesting. No, I'm being totally sarcastic. That's my sarcastic voice, yeah. everyone. <laughs> so I um, graded the exam, got all the marks up. That took... Uh, how, many, know, uh, how many exams did you have? I had uh, 50 plus, and then I had to coordinate all the marks for everyone, all the grades, final grades. So the, it was, there was like 200 and some 200 and change in the class. Um, so I had to do all that. You know, it took me, from start to finish, it, it took me like two days. Mm. Um, not, Ooh, of, wow. not of like solid eight-hour days, but working on it maybe two, three hours per day. So, yeah. Um, because so you can only like you can only grade so many papers, and then like I've always yeah. found as a grader that, um, and it, for any like TAs out there that might be listening, um, like you hit a point where, especially with essay um, tests, yeah. where you get mean and angry that you're still grading, and that's when you the point where you realize you have to like stop, yeah, and step away probably for the whole day as well, because yeah. it's not it's not fair to the students who put a lot of work in there. Right. No. Well, that's it. And um, especially on final essays, I find students uh, sometimes over-prepare. So they end up writing, um, you know, page and page and page of stuff. And really all we're looking for is like four bullet points. Mm. But, you know, I think I read through what they've written. Um, sometimes they get part marks. Um, I don't necessarily take marks away if they've started overwriting. Um, yeah, I don't but... penalize for... Um... For lots of points and like it is unfortunately a bit of a rare um, thing where you get a, a, a test that is like just chock full like I, I remember writing tests like that where I'd yeah. just be like here's everything that I remember about archaeology yeah and I just throw it down there because I'm that's like, how I used to because it's like well there's going to be marks in there somewhere right um that's why I always did better on like essay short answer long answer yeah. sort of tests um but hate the multiple choice yeah, I, I, I hate wouldn't, multiple choice exams. It doesn't really like. I guess it can kind of work in the sense that you can get students to recall facts, but it's not even that's not super valuable in the social sciences. No, um, I I like definitions sometimes. Like if you're looking for a yeah. short, easy to mark thing, it's like um, define this concept. Give one example. There's two yep. marks, right? That's yep. easy to that's do, good. and that's fair, right? But it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like multiple choice for social sciences. Maybe econ. So there it is. Uh, Matt and Phil do not like multiple choice exams. Yeah, yeah book it. Book it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, welcome to the podcast. This is Semi-Intellectual Musings, uh, the podcast that it explores social science, humanities, and arts. Uh, it is co-hosted by myself, Philip Primo. And Matt Sanderson. Uh, what we try to do on this podcast is put the published academic intellectual world in conversation with your everyday life and we do it through a series of discussions debates uh banterings as uh, someone has recently uh oh, really? has called what we do <laughs> yeah that's good uh we don't take ourselves too seriously uh and what we try to do is make everything uh that we talk about relatable uh down to earth um we try very hard to make the show appealing for a wide audience that is interested in uh, social sciences, humanities, or arts. Yeah. And with that wide audience, I think it's uh, kind of interesting to think about who listens to our podcast. Like, I just assume it's people who have, like, done an undergrad degree in social sciences of some form, maybe your grad students, uh, maybe a professor or two. That would be pretty cool. But um, I don't know. I I think we want this to be 
for those who ask that question, like, what is anthropology? Yeah. What, what do sociologists do? What do they even study? Is it relevant? Is it relevant? Yeah. yeah. So I think relevance is a big thing for us. And then I had the thought, because uh, I always struggle with what is this podcast? And I usually dawns on me on the drive over here. Um, but I was thinking, um, I went to my bookshelf again today and grabbed this time like five books, two of them just to give to Phil, but we're going to end up talking about it later on, um, talking about them later on. And, uh, and a couple where that was basically what I'm going to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk, I'm going to talk about smallpox and, uh, the outbreak in Montreal. Um, but that was just from like, okay, second cup of coffee, walk by my bookshelf. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm talking about today. So I think this podcast is kind of like our bookshelf, like talking to the world. (laughs) Yeah. So it's our bookshelf talking to the world. What we promise you in return is that everything that we talk about, uh, the topics that we uh, decide to focus in on or the interviews that we do um, is our honest opinion. Uh, When we give recommendations or when we... uh, point you to certain articles or websites, it's because there's something there that we found useful, something that we found interesting in, in, in the discussion. Uh, so we want to share that with you. Um, likewise, we'd love to hear your comments about the show. You can reach us on Twitter at the underscore sim underscore pod. That's the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. That's semi-intellectual, all one word, at gmail.com. We have a website on the Podbean network. That's thesim.podbean.com. And uh, we are now on iTunes and Stitcher. So uh, please rate. Hooray! Yay! (laughs) Please uh, give us some ratings and some reviews. Tell us what you think. It uh, really helps the show. It gives us ideas for future episodes, what people like, what people don't like. So if we've said something that you like, tell us. And uh, if we said something that you didn't like or didn't like how we said it, uh, tell us that too. Um, And before we start the episode, I just wanted to send a big thank you to Phil for producing this show and figuring out all the audio stuff, getting the equipment. Um, I really couldn't do it without Phil. So um, if you have any technical complaints, send them Phil's way. Well... (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, how uh, how uh, on that note, really how about we uh, uh, get on the show? Let's get it on. You put it down in front of us. We we're kind of like, uh, this is just a throw together whatever uh, dinner, but it was uh, scrummy, man. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, it's the first time that I tried um, those turkey wieners. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like turkey <laughs> turkey hot dogs, I guess. Like Turkey wieners. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I don't know what to call them. Yeah, it's funny. It wasn't until I uh, had one that I remember having those when I was a kid. Like, we used to always get, like, chicken wieners and stuff like that. Yeah, and these ones came up really fast on the barbecue. It's weird that they taste just like normal hot dogs, eh? Yeah. It's like, why is that? Also, I read the package after, and it said, like, mechanically separated turkey. Ooh. I don't I don't know what that means. Well, I've seen people mechanically separate turkeys before. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Slaughterhouses and whatnot, but... um. So that was a good throw together, but uh, we figured uh, we made this promise early on. We might as well talk about some cooking. Um, in the early episode, I think it was like episode one or two, it had some of that delicious uh, turkey and ham. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. Have you made any other scrummy dinners? Uh, I've been doing a lot of chicken. So I did a, kind of like a sweet chili uh, marinated uh, chicken breast. On the barbecue. How do you make a sweet chili marinade like gooey? 
like is that something that i is that just the sugar yeah it's it? the sugar so i used like um brown sugar and then um some sort of uh, i forget what it's called it's like liquid sugar oh uh not corn syrup no it's kind of like corn syrup uh, is it agava sugar oh agava, yeah like yeah 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 yeah, and then uh, chili flakes, um, and then let that sit, and then kind of drizzle it on top of the chicken. It, it was pretty good. Um, I think it needed a bit more pepper. I think the key when you're barbecuing with sweet is to have pepper. Oh, you barbecued it as well. Oh, yeah. So then it like caramelized up the sugar, like it browned it up. And, exactly. Yeah, 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 that sounds good. So the thing to watch for when you're doing that is like uh, barbecuing with a lot of barbecue sauce. It can really gum up the grill. So, oh, yeah, for so sure. my technique has always been to use indirect heat, always yeah. indirect heat. Yeah. Um, and then once it's cooked for like, you know, 40, 45 minutes, which seems long on the barbecue, it does. Uh, then I put it on direct heat, but just at the end, yeah, just, just to kind of, just to yeah. char it up. And I always like, uh, whenever possible, I always try to get uh, skin free and boneless chicken breast. Um, find it less fatty. I find it a bit easier to cook with. Uh, sometimes you get... Oh, the... yeah. Skinless for sure. The fat on uh, the chicken skin is kind of gnarly, man. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the bone? Like uh, the bone... I know some people are like... They don't like the looking at a bone in a piece of meat. But like it releases so much flavor and it keeps it kind of moist, I find. Especially with chicken. Yeah. Sometimes like uh, we'll get the big pack of chicken that has the bone in from Costco. Uh, but when the boneless is on sale, I prefer that. I think... Ultimately, it just comes down to ease. So I can put the chicken breast on, indirect heat, forget about it, go do other stuff, come back, you know, sear it a little bit on the on the on the flame, uh, and it's kind of like barbecue to plate. You don't have to worry about it. There's no cleanup, no mess. Uh, and I I don't know. I, I I've I've always made really flavorful chicken. It's never been dull. Um, my wife recently she uh, went grocery shopping and bought a, uh, a turkey drumstick. Like just, oh yeah, just those drumstick. are fantastic. Yeah. Oh, amazing! But she didn't know that. I hope she listens to this. She didn't know that that's where the some of the dark meat comes from. Most of it comes from. Yeah, and, from those, and yeah. then I also kind of explained that like most of a turkey is dark meat. Like you got the breast, of course, but like the rest of it is dark meat. Yeah. And I don't know. I liked it. I got it in the fridge right now. I'm going to try to make a stock. I'm probably going to get some tips off of uh, Bill here. The uh, the French Canadian <laughs> for some uh, tips on how to make a proper stock. But, um, cause I don't know, anytime I've made a stock, it doesn't really come out right. Or I feel like I'm not doing it correctly. Like, do you have any stock tips? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, first get big bones. So you don't want to use the, the little, the little guys. That's just messy. I know some people do, and then they cheesecloth it out. I, I don't mess with that. I just go with the big bones. And, um, I always throw in some meat with it. Yeah. That's, that's some... kind of my, yeah, I left some like on the bone, like because I know that kind of like disintegrates. Because I just want to make like a turkey soup, basically. Right. Yeah, and then it's just a question of keeping it in there for a long time. Like I'll like when I make a like a turkey stock, uh, I'll do it. Uh, you know, set it up in the morning, so probably around nine nine thirty, and I'll have that on a low boil until maybe three or four, like that that amount of time, mm -hmm. and you really boil it, and then you cool it. Uh, strain it, uh, put it in the fridge. So I put it in the fridge uh, overnight, and then I use it the next day. Typically, I won't use the stock the same day that I make it. Yeah, you almost have to let it get happy in the fridge a little bit, right? The flavors come out, and there's something about um, 
letting it cool down, like the fat kind of solidifies or something, and then uh, taking it out the next day, just reheat it, you know, use it in your soup, use it in, uh, yeah. you know, I make rice with uh, turkey stock, delicious. Huh. Um, yeah. And you just use it for everything. Anywhere you'd use water, you use stock. Like Basically. That's the idea. Yeah. And if, you know, you're making it yourself, you can, uh, you know, mess around with the flavors a bit. You can make it spicy, you can make it sweeter, mm. uh, you can make it uh, as salty as you want. Like we don't cook with salt. Um, very like a pinch, maybe. Oh, really? Um, I love my salt, man. Yeah. yeah. So I can't buy store bought or made uh, stock. It's too salty. Even the half mm. salt stuff, like uh, yeah, I find it's a it lot way of too salt. salty. Yeah, because it needs to stay on a shelf, like out in a supermarket, like in room temperature, essentially, and in a freaking carton. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Oh, here's a question for you, Matt. Have you have you used uh, like Bovril? No, what's that? Well, I, like Bovril, like uh, I'm thinking of the beef Bovril. It's the kind I, I've literally never heard of that. Comes in uh, <laughs> comes in a glass or a plastic container. It's brand name Bovril. It's basically like condensed uh, beef stock. Oh, does comes it come out... in like a yellow and green like yes. sort of labeling? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the classic, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. classic one. Yeah. Ha- ha- have you used that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. That's what I would have like as just like cubes if like you needed like a stock. But like I. I want to make a real stock, but is that a good like alternative? Well, I've used the beef one. I've seen uh, on the shelf some chicken. I haven't seen turkey. Yeah. Uh, so like I don't use a lot of it. Um, but it's good to give it a little like boost. You just throw like one in there maybe. Well, I've never used it for a stock. I'm going to tell you what I use it for. Mm. Um, so you were over one night and I made uh, a spaghetti sauce oh i forgot about the spaghetti i even took a picture of it spaghetti sauce oh you have a picture of that? yeah i do we'll post it oh yeah um but i i did it with beef cubes uh do you remember that yeah uh no and what you made the spaghetti noodles with beef cubes no the sauce with beef cubes i put beef cubes in the spaghetti yeah no i didn't know that oh yeah like actual cubes of beef cubes of. oh i thought you meant like the bouillon cubes no no (laughs) okay yeah that makes more sense yeah totally there's yeah, beef so in good. the sauce. Yeah, like falls off the fork. Yeah. So we don't eat a lot of beef at my house. Mm. It's one of these things that is kind of an exceptional sort of meat to eat. So I took the opportunity. Matt came over, uh, decided to to use up some beef cubes that I had in the freezer. But what I did was I slowly sauteed them with some onions, some garlic, um, some oregano, some parsley, some uh, crushed... Uh, black pepper and then i added some of the bovril and i mixed that in huh. so that i i don't know i don't know why i did it i just reached for it and i used it like the, it was unopened it had been in the cupboard for were, like maybe a year were the cubes like pre-marinated no or it wasn't cubes it's like a liquid bovril is like this liquid uh, yeah yeah but like with the the meat itself was it like pre-marinated sort of stuff or it had like a steak spice on it okay yeah. yeah, no, it was, um, there was a lot of depth of flavor. Like it was, and I remember, of course, like Phil is like the most understated guy in the world. He's like, oh, this is, I just threw the spaghetti sauce together and it's like, great. But, um, but yeah, it was like, it came together perfectly. There was like big hunks of meat, but it, like when you touch it with a fork, it just disintegrated off into the plate. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was pretty good. That's why I took a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the same, it's the same recipe I use when uh, we want to uh, eat no meat. So most of the week we eat no meat in the house. It's very rare that we actually have meat. We'll have meat maybe like uh, maybe one or two days. Um, but it's the same recipe, except I just added the the beef cubes in and yeah. it worked out great. Yeah, everybody should learn a simple tomato sauce. Like that is one of those like 
um, universal sort of base recipes. Like I think that and um, a bechamel sauce, like how to make a simple cream sauce on the stovetop. I'm going to stop you. I've yeah. put up my hand. Stop Go. that. Uh, walk us through how do you make your bechamel sauce? Oh, it's so simple. Um, big hunk of butter. I don't measure anything when I cook. So no, big hunk no, of I don't measure butter. And then you want to put enough flour in there that it becomes almost like a yellowish paste in the bottom. And you brown that up just a little bit. Like get a little bit of like brownish color on it. And then they say slowly add the milk, but I get like halfway to the amount of milk that I want to use for the cream sauce. And then I just dump the rest in. And then you just keep whisking, whisking, whisking. Um, use a, um, yeah, if you have a metal pan or pot, you should use a silicon whisk or something. But um, whatever. I, I never do. I don't even own one. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, you just cre- mix that up on like maybe like three or four on your oven. And it will just thicken up magically. And then boom, just throw some cheese into that. And a secret um, that I got from a friend's mom, uh, with any cream sauce, especially cheese sauces, um, put some dried mustard in there. It gives it like a snappy tang that you can't really replicate. Obviously, salt and pepper as well. Dried mustard in the bechamel. Absolutely. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the show. This is Semi-Intellectual Musings, uh, co-hosted by myself, Philip Primo. And Matt Sanderson. It's the podcast that it, that uh, expands on social sciences, humanities, and arts. Uh, we do it through things like book reviews. We do it through uh, interviews. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had on uh, Evan, the anarchist, uh, pedestrian anarchist. Yeah. Um, Disillusioned Leninist. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great interview, by the way. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but basically, you know, this podcast is uh, us uh, and friends and colleagues and people who uh, we appreciate their work. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we try to make the uh, the show uh, funny, whimsical, lighthearted. Um, sometimes we'll touch on important stuff. Uh, our commitment to you is that all the things that we say, all the books that we recommend or reviews we do, uh, are our honest opinion. Yeah, we're not getting any money for it so yet. So yet. they are all honest opinions. Although, you know, I think uh, we could be open to the idea of having some Oh, sponsors. yeah, no, I am not opposed. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, willing to sell out for anyone. Uh, we'll tell you how to do that in a second. <laughs> yeah, contact Matt directly. <laughs> so one of the things that we do on this show is um, we do an intro uh, where Matt and I just kind of talk about sometimes our weeks. We talk about cooking. We talk about sports. Then um, the second, and that usually goes, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes. The second part of the show is uh, we'll have on a guest today, um, you know, who who will come join us. But sometimes we'll review some works. Uh, Sometimes we'll pick up on topics that we find interesting and that we hope that you find interesting as well. And every show, um, we finish off with some recommendations. Yes, we do do that, Phil. I got nothing, man. You got nothing. <laughs> nothing. I just want to start the show. <laughs> okay. Well, before we start the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell, tell us, everyone. Tell the people how they can reach us. Okay. Well, you can reach us on Twitter, um, and our Twitter at uh, the underscore s i m underscore p o d. That's the simpod. You can email us at semiintellectual at gmail dot com. Our website is the sim dot podbean dot com. Where we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we're on other podcatcher apps. Please uh, leave us a review. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Uh, really, you know, Matt and I spend a lot of time on the show, uh, writing the show notes, recording, doing all that kind of stuff, the research that goes behind it. We'd love to hear from you. Love to know what you like, what you dislike, um, and send us your suggestions for future shows. Yeah, man. So uh, 
I'm how about sorry, uh, how about we get on with the show? Uh, my, Let's do it. My it's like my feet, my my back, like oh everything. Like how are you feeling, man? Because uh, I know you got back issues, but my like, back is sore, but it always is sore. Yeah, it's uh, like oh, I'm more heady, but it's always heady. Yeah, <laughs> so I get that. But yeah. my feet, my wrists, ankles, uh, my hands, like my hands are all cracked to shit. Yeah. Um, I, I was out there for like three twelve-hour days doing yeah. that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's um, it's such um. A huge amount of work but it's also like you know it's just like flinging dirt around so it's like how bad could it you know go i guess yeah i can't uh, really mess anything up yeah. i mean even if i tried yeah yeah so what's the next project uh it's going to be sinking some pipes <laughs> we're going to do some <laughs> irrigation work that's funny talking about sinking pipes man i uh, went to uh my first parenting class uh, a couple weeks ago we go on saturdays and uh yeah, that's kind go? of a trip man um it's interesting the like the teacher is like a a practical nurse or whatever those people are called Nur- nurse, nurse practitioner yeah. that's it thank you um and i i love nurses you know but she's like very like by like textbook and now we talk about this and now we talk about that so she's like not the best like instructor in the world but the people in the class seem really cool and um it's interesting how they set it up we go for three classes like three saturdays the first one is on like labor and birthing the second one is on breastfeeding. That's what we just had this a uh, couple of days ago. And then the third one, I guess, will be like taking baby home. Okay. And it's kind of crazy. So like, I think this is pretty typical of these classes, but they, um, in the first one, they showed a video of somebody, like six different people, uh, six different women giving birth. So this isn't some sort of myth. They actually show you the yeah, videos. Yeah, they show it. Yeah. And yeah. what's the purpose of these videos? I thought it was to just gross us out and to like prep us, but after seeing it for the first time, um, I think it's be- is to demystify it. Oh, okay. Like when you look at it, you're like, oh, okay. Like, like it's not so bad. Know. Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. And like, I can, that's the quickest way to get hate mail from all, any female listener that we have. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, say it was not so bad. Like, but um, there's definitely like, I would say it seems like um, birthing techniques and the technology of it, not just like things, but actually like how to give birth and like how to breathe properly. That knowledge has, has improved, I think drastically over the last really? 30 years. Interesting. So like we're um, reading at home a book, it's called Hypnobirthing and it's all about like meditative birthing practices. Huh. And so it's what, like, what, what does a meditative birthing practice look like? Like literally either me put, using triggers and techniques that we've practiced with my, my wife um, to put her into like a meditative state. So some of it is like rhythmic touching and other things called anchoring where you just put a hand on the shoulder um, midway through your meditation practice. And then when she's in labor and we're doing one of these meditations, I can put my hand on her shoulder and it's a cue for her to go twice as relaxed. So it's like this trigger just by like touching her shoulder. Um, So there's all these techniques. And then um, we're also using midwives. So um, that's something we can, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Talk to us about that. Do you, so you said midwives, is that one or multiple? Well, when you go with with a, so we live in Ontario. Um, Phil lives in Quebec, even though we're just like a short drive away from each other. Um, So I'm sure it's different province by province, but in Ontario, um, if you go with a midwife, first of all, you discontinue your care with your physician for the period of your pregnancy and birth. Okay. So like you switch over temporarily to the midwife uh, for your pregnancy care. And then if my wife needs like, um, she needed like a massage therapy, like prescription, she has to go back to her doctor because midwives can't 
write prescriptions. Another thing that midwives can't do, uh, which is important, I think, for Canadian listeners to know, um, they can't collect um, the, what is it, the cord blood and the umbilical cord. Because in Canada, we have a um, stem cell bank. Right, yeah. And I didn't know this, and which is pretty cool. And it's used for like research purposes yeah. and a few treatments. Um, but just like a blood bank, it's um, stem, like stem cells from, from the umbilical cord. cord. Yeah. Exactly. But because we're using a midwife, they're not rated to collect that sample. And truth be told, it's just like putting it into a plastic bag when, right. and wear gloves, you know, like it's not that complicated. Um, so those are the disadvantages, but the many advantages are we get two midwives at the, at the birth. Um, the midwife will come to our house, like when Mel starts going into labor and, um, stay with us until it's time to go to the hospital. So you don't have to wait around at the hospital. We're choosing to um, birth we think in in a hospital rather than like a birthing center which ottawa also has it's like a it's like your it looks like your living room it's right, got like yeah. a fireplace and like a bed and all the all the paraphernalia they make you'd it comfy want. yeah they make it comfy which it, it looks pretty appealing um we're actually going for a, a tour next week of a birthing center so we might go that option but um yeah it's um really good quality of care um midwives are almost exclusively women um, they have like hundreds and hundreds of birth experiences under their belt. Um, and the quality of care is just superior, man. Like I would, as a heterosexual white male, I would recommend midwives to any woman who's, um, um, going to be, uh, delivering a baby. So you said that, um, you're going to deliver in a hospital. The midwives go into the hospital with you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need like an epidural or something like this, then the gun anesthesiologist would come in and, um, and then if there's any sort of God forbid, like complications or whatever, then you're in the hospital. That's one of the right, yeah. downsides of a birthing center. Cause then you'd have to go from the center to the hospital. But in Ottawa, everything's like a 10 minute drive away. So the birth center is like 10 minutes away from the hospital that our midwife has privileges at. That's another wrinkle with midwives. They only have privileges at certain hospitals so ours just happens to be at like the Carling Hospital, the central right. one. So, And how far of a drive from your place are these uh, hospitals or birthing centers? Uh, the hospital is like 15 minutes and I have driven four different routes there. Okay. So I, so yeah. you anticipated my next question. Yeah, right? yeah. Like in, uh, yeah, it's like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Like when I'm, <laughs> so you can to... do it in 15 minutes? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a plan for the day yet? Um, how you think it's going to go. We're going to make like a go bag, like a my yep. go bag, right? Um, um, but we've also heard that it's not good to bring like everything from your fucking closet no. to the hospital no. because you're not really there that long anymore. Right. And if you have an extended stay, then like my parents and her parents will be in town so we can just send them back to the apartment. We've got tons of friends that can go over. Yeah. And this guy, and this guy yeah. can be a runner. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's actually, it feels like we're getting, it's like, more significant than getting married is having your first kid because you're just surrounded by like love and friendship and happiness. And, uh, that's what I'm most appreciative of. Oh, that sounds really neat. Yeah. And especially like living in Ottawa with all my family, uh, back in British Columbia and her families too. Um, it's been really nice to have like my dad's sister and her family like embrace us and all the friends just sort of rally around. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm really thankful. So, um, 
I I have received an invitation for a baby shower. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up soon. That that is coming up soon. I've uh, we've purchased your your the gifts. Yeah, and no spoilers. I don't want to know. No, I'm not going to spoil no, it. That is actually a tip, though. Um, I didn't know this, but just like when you're getting married and you do a wedding registry, there's baby registries for baby showers. So you know if you're organizing a baby shower, I recommend <laughs> doing a registry. Now I will confess, I went off registry. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Primarily because Mel already had a pretty, my Mel, already had a pretty good idea about what to get you guys. That's perfect. Uh, like months ago. Oh, that's awesome. Like from the moment she found out that you guys were pregnant. Um, oh, I'm so excited. You waited a while to tell me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we, it was an awkward time and like she told me right before we went home for like Christmas and stuff. Right. That's what happened. And I had to like hold off telling all my friends in Ottawa um, before I got back from Christmas, because we felt like we should tell our families first. Yeah, Yo, so for sure. Yeah. It started leaking out like Mel's um, uh, coworker. She just works in a two-person office. Um, found out like right away. They're like very good friends, like best friends or whatever. And um, and she's the one who's actually organizing the baby shower. So thank you, Lindsay. Um, and then her boss found out the uh, um, they were popping a bottle of champagne. It was the end of the parliamentary session. And, uh, the boss is like, so Mel, do you want a cup? And she's like, uh, maybe later. Uh, and it's like, Mel's never turned down a drink. Right, <laughs> God yeah, bless her soul. Yeah. But like, <laughs> she's not a slosh, but she doesn't turn down champagne. Um, and, uh, then she's just like, are you pregnant? And then it was like, eh, uh, that little okay. thing where they all jump up and down, yep. like in little skippies and flap with their hands. <laughs> I, I can picture that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Uh, I told Evan like pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, where, where did I tell you? You told me we, uh, we I had organized pool? after the holidays yet. Yeah. So I had organized after awesome. the holidays to get together with a few friends and go play some pool. Yeah. And it turned out that you were the only one that could make it that night. Yeah. <laughs> so so it was we, like, uh, good time. <laughs> yeah. So you told me then. And then uh, I think I proceeded to buy you several rounds oh, of drinks. Oh, yeah. We went out after. The, uh, Phil treated me. And yeah. then like I stiffed him on the very last bill, like uh, the last place. I was. I had a pint of like this delicious beer, maybe even two. I can't remember about that two. point. It $11 was a pint. That's awesome. I remember that. $11 a pint? It was an upscale micro-brew tasting place. But, yeah. Um, and then like I was, I felt like I was way too drunk because like, there was like, it was like Phil and uh, Mel and then like all of Mel's friends. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to like make an ass of myself. So I like abruptly got up and just left like yeah. in a drunken state. Oh and no. I was you're, like stumbling home. No one. So everyone uh, actually were like, uh, no one commented that we were like, uh, like you know, hammered. but, but <laughs> so we, we, so we played pool. We had maybe, I don't know, like three pitchers there four pitchers there maybe and then i i went on the hard stuff so we both had a few sh- and then we went out oh man it, the next morning was rough <laughs> that's awesome and it's like so rare to see phil like intoxicated like he's got a oh, much better liver than me gone. and he was like tankered just with me and it was so much fun because we we're at like the same level of drunkenness yeah and it was like euphoric drunkenness exactly it yeah. wasn't the kind when like we started to cry and do all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. we we're just kind of happy yeah like a wednesday night <laughs> and it wasn't i remember we bust uh between places like no driving while drinking oh Oh God, so no, bust. no. Um, and God bless uh, Ottawa, man. It's got a great transit system. And I remember being up to so the happy. <laughs> yeah. So we stumbled. I remember being so happy that we got on a bus like almost immediately and it was empty. There was only like maybe two people. I have no recollection. Uh, like I remember leaving Orange Monkey yeah. and then we magically appeared in uh, downtown Ottawa. Yeah. In <laughs> I was market. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a good time. So that's when you told me uh, about that. Yeah. And uh, I believe I gave you a book. 
it was a walking book. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. right by my bed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no, that, you know, you told me the right way. And, uh, but anyway, <laughs> and then I stiffed him at the end and he couldn't say anything cause I'm a new father. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, so it's called the Surrey shuffle. <laughs> the Surrey shuffle. It's like the bait and switch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, look, uh, I'm going to have a kid. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Takes all my money. Hey, you're going to eat those leftovers? You just finish everyone else's beer and just walk out the door. <laughs> oh, that was another thing. <laughs> so Matt, Matt comes over from my bachelor party. Uh, so do you remember this? No. Yeah, so we went we went for so we went for pizza. Right? So I pay a round of pizza for everyone. We we go for pizza and then uh all the guys come over to our place. I remember being here. Yeah. yeah. We we're playing darts and shit. Yeah, we we're yeah. playing darts. Yeah. We really having, cool friends too. Yeah. Like we all gelled really good. Yeah, some yeah. good good tunes going, yeah. good good discussions. And uh the leftover pizza that I brought, which I was going to take out and have kind of like as a midnight snack and share it around. I had left the box on the kitchen table and then ha- halfway through the night, I turn around, I see Matt sitting in front of the pizza box and the pizza box is empty. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh shit, that was my plan for the snacks. <laughs> so like I quickly like threw together some chicken wings and like some, I don't know what, like chips or whatever. <laughs> like it was fine. But I just remembered like looking over and you had these like <laughs> eyes that like were, were kind of like. The oh, far away stare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I was just gone. <laughs> just eating pizza, but happy. But it, like, right, like. I or was I, like I, guilty. I, no, it was definitely the guilty eyes. Yeah, it was yeah. like the Surrey under, yeah. under like belly. There's nowhere, to, there's nowhere to shuffle to, man. I was just like trapped in your basement. I was like, oh shit, I should be outside right now. <laughs> I fucked up my shuffle. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, okay. Maybe that's, uh, okay. That's enough. Uh, that's enough stories. Um, welcome to the podcast. This is semi intellectual musings. Oh, is that uh, what this is? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what that that is what this is, Matt. Uh, this is the podcast that explores social sciences, humanities, and arts. Um, we don't, as you can hear, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, we try to connect the published world, the academic world to your everyday life. We do it uh, through book reviews. We do it through interviews. Uh, we keep things whimsical. Um, and what we really try to do is give you uh, our honest opinions on, you know, topics that are relevant uh, to the to academia, topics that are relevant uh, to your everyday life, um, you know, things that are current affairs. Mm. Uh, are yeah, like um, like today's episode, we're going to talk about Fahrenheit 451, the novel by Ray Bradbury, and it's so politically relevant. It's also relevant to technology, and for me, this is one of the things I wanted this podcast to be, um, where we could take these recommendations that we love and bring them forward to a wider audience and show them, show you why these things matter, you know? Yeah, and our commitment to you is that the things we talk about, uh, the opinions that we give, are our real opinions. Uh, we're not going to uh, bullshit you around. We're going to give you, uh, you know, the the straight up on some things. Um, with that being said, um, we'd love to hear from you, and that could be questions, concerns, uh, recommendations for future episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, topics perhaps topics, topics? for future yeah, episodes cool. get in uh, you know get in early uh while uh, we're still accepting uh no we're always going to be accepting ideas for episodes yes, but absolutely. we'd love uh some ideas for future episodes you can reach us in several different ways you can reach us on twitter and we are at the underscore sim underscore pod that's the underscore sim underscore pod our email is semi-intellectual all one word at gmail.com 
semi-intellectual at gmail.com are the website that you can find all the past history of the shows. Uh, there's a section that's like a blog area for us. Um, and there's also a section that's additions and corrections to past episodes. That's thesim.podbean.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on your podcatcher of choice. Search for semi-intellectual musings and you should be able to find us. Uh, give us some readings. Give us some reviews. It really helps us uh, get the quality show that we love to uh, to give to you. And, you know, uh, we're, we're trying for two times a week, one hour format, two times a week. Sometimes it's difficult. Like I think... Uh, the landscaping that you've just been doing. Yeah. You know, last yeah. week uh, there was an episode that got out a bit late, but we followed it up with... Um, I, I think that was part one of a hockey cards that we followed that one up with, which yeah. is kind of a special, which, um, you know, we're, we're going to try yeah. to mix it up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and today we're going to be talking about a book that both Phil and I love and, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Let's start. Matt Sanderson. And we have someone with us, uh, today, Matt, can you introduce our guest for the day? I'm very privileged to be joined by a pedestrian guest named, uh, a good friend of mine named Evan. Uh, he's been brought up on this show before, and we thought uh, we'd have him in to uh, join us on the podcast. So for all our new listeners, welcome. Uh, we really appreciate the time that uh, we get to spend with you. Uh, this is Semi-Intellectual Musings, the podcast that uh, talks about social science, humanities, and arts. Uh, we do it in uh, through uh, book reviews. We do it through interviews like we're going to do today. Uh, we also just kind of do it through... Um, what do they call this? Bantering, I think was, was the word. Yes, used. bantering. Yes, that's what we're supposed to be doing here. So banter, Evan. Say hello yeah. to everybody. Hey, gang. Nice to join you today. Uh, long-time listener, first-time uh, talker. So great to be here. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you on, Evan. Um, Matt, what's uh, what's new in your world? Uh, um, I'm still, uh, still waiting to uh, look after my cousin's kid, actually. So I'm still in a state of nervousness. So <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty much it. I, I've heard through the grapevine that you've been reading lots of uh, how to how to care for baby books and watching YouTube videos. And um, I actually have not. Um, so uh, that is what is adding uh-oh. to this nervousness. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> okay. be gotta be honest. Um, as I mentioned on the previous episode, um, I went for a training run. So uh, tomorrow is the the actual crash course. So we'll oh, see. Great. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you've been able to hear a little bit of a difference. Uh, we're not recording in our regular oh, right. uh, studio area. We're we're over at Matt's house today, uh, and we're actually sitting in what will be the baby's room. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the baby's room. Um, I don't know what I, I painted the walls. That's a, very exciting. But uh, Evan, what what do you describe? What what can you see here? Describe yeah, what you well, see. Well, I'd say there's blankets everywhere, which is a good start. There's a, a lovely crib over here in the corner. Um, case I need to take a nap later. I look forward to that. It looks cozy. Yeah, and the the walls are like this uh, nice uh, bluish, but like almost greenish blue. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm mildly sick at sea. <laughs> I hope that's not what's coming out of your uh, system. <laughs> what is up on the walls? We'll see what comes out of the baby system. Yeah, no kidding. We're going to have some, uh, some splatter. <laughs> so as you can tell, uh, the show is... Uh, kind of lighthearted. We don't take ourselves too seriously, a little bit on the whimsical side. Um, I'm going to kick us off today um, with a couple, this is something new, but I'm going to try it out. This is um, this day in history. So uh, by the time this podcast will air, it will have been, uh, or will be uh, May 11th. Um, Matt, do you know, uh, probably not, but if I say the year 1820 to you, May 11th, 1820, does it, does that day ring a bell for you? No, it does not. No, it does not. Okay. Well, um, 
so for everyone, May 11th, 1820, the HMS Beagle, so the ship that took Charles Darwin on his voyage, launched from Woolwick Dockyard on the River James Thames. Alone. Now, alone, that that's kind of like a, you know, whatever. He Like the ship left. Ship leaves dock every day, right? But it, here's another interesting one. May 11th, 1997. Now, does that day ring a bell for, for anyone? 97 i don't know i was in like grade 10 i think yeah yeah i was uh i was, I was learning to speak around then i think i was, oh, I was wow. a late bloomer oh, a late bloomer <laughs> all right well um may 11 1997 deep blue beats gary kasparov oh no three and a I half totally to two and a half this. in chess oh yeah. man yeah so it was the first time that an artificial intelligent machine beats under professional conditions a professional chess player okay so when you saw that phil like what did you think that entailed for the future like do you think did you think at that time that this was you know terminator 2 we're all going to be controlled by robots or are going to be smarter than us well i find it quite interesting that charles darwin well the well, the boat that charles darwin would have left on left on the same day that a computer beat a you know a human many years later hey. charles darwin who obviously developed the theory of evolution um and oh you know for on that voyage oh. yeah, that's an interesting linkage there yeah yeah I thought it was. Yeah, no kidding. That's the that's the thing with Phil. You always have to look for those linkages. He's always trying to slip something like that <laughs> well, in there. Some, something's in yeah. there. Yeah there's, yeah, there's something going on. May eleventh yeah. day of progress or regress. Whoa. Or regress. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. Because thinking of now. the ways they've used evolutionary theory and for nefarious means, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it also kind of picks up a little bit on our uh, trail of Marx that we kind of left. Yeah. You know, Marx who who would have read uh, much of Darwin's work. Mm. We're all trying yeah. to progress to the socialist utopia, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Computer mm. chess. Interesting linkage there. Yeah. yeah. So a- anything uh, new in the world of Evan? Um... Yeah, not very much. I uh, Let's see. I'm just, just living right now. I, uh, you know, working in a library, trying to read as many books as I can. I, uh, when I'm shelving, I'll slowly, you know, look or peek at the introductions to a bunch of things, which is awesome. You get to learn a lot of things that you wouldn't see otherwise that way. But, uh, yeah, just trying to keep busy getting around to things that I haven't gotten to. Do you have any interesting library stories that you can share with us? Ooh, well, none, none are uh, very interesting. It's a very, very dull place for the most part. Though on my, my first day, I, I worked there a long time ago, and then I left, and I came back, and just getting in the swing of things, so sitting there at the front desk and my first patron walks up and I felt really good about, you know, my ability to handle this. And uh, he walks up and I'm like, you know, how can I help you? And the first thing he says is, call me an ambulance. I'm going to be outside. Oh. And so he walks outside and we, we chase him down, of course, and get him a seat. It turns out he'd just been, uh, it was his birthday the night before and he was up all night just you know, overdosing on cocaine and GHB mm. and all kinds of drugs. So he came to the library for God knows what reason the next well, day. Probably where I would have went. <laughs> Didn't work well for him. So, yeah. Yeah, I need was... to find a medical dictionary <laughs> stat. <laughs> <laughs> Something to diagnose what I'm feeling right now, please. Yeah, self-help. Yeah. Has the uh, smell of the library gotten to you yet? Uh, yeah, no, no. It's it's pretty normal for me now. I think I've, I've pretty much imbibed it, so I uh, probably give off a good stench of uh, book dust now as you uh, sit so close to me. Do you do you think the um the the smell sticks with you like it, like I find that Burger King is the stinkiest fast food like if you eat a Whopper it's going to stick to your hands um, do you find that the library follows you home Yeah well there's definitely a lot more dust in my day to day life than I'd like to think uh, occurs naturally so there's uh yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of like particles that follow you around and 
so maybe this is just in Phil's imaginary, but uh, do people like live between the stacks sometimes at libraries? There's some interesting characters there. It's not the people you'd expect either. There's uh, there's one guy who's uh, you know of Middle Eastern descent, and he's you know a big local celebrity with all the uh, Arabic folk in the library. And my goodness, does that man ever spend a lot of time in the library? He's there every day, all day. I've never seen him study once, never seen him crack a book or a laptop, but he is outside smoking, cajoling, meeting, greeting. This man is a local celebrity. Wow. So it's like the social hangout. Yeah, yeah, you never know who's going to be there. There's some weird, weird folks around. Oh, well, that's had, great. We had one guy who, um, I don't think he went to Carlton, but he... Uh, he would stay on the uh, the third floor by the computers, and we found out eventually that he's uh, he's a not so famous pornography author. Oh. His name's Porno Steve. He's got well over a hundred titles on Amazon that you can find, like mostly, like uh, books. Oh yeah, 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 yeah like really. pornographic literature. And they're all about a young man at Carleton University whose sexual horizons are awakened oh. by a young woman from uh, you know, somewhere in the world. Oh wow, <laughs> Ottawa, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too outre. Well, that's a. Uh... More interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, you know, li- <laughs> libraries are always an interesting place. Um, I've never had a dull moment at a library. To, uh, no, like, seriously. Really? No, no, like, so from the moment you walk in, you're either presented with problems, can't find the book I'm looking for, or the book is misshelved somewhere, or if you do find the book, then you start reading it and you're like, oh, damn, it's not the book I wanted. So then you go on a massive manhunt for a new book. But then if you do get the book you want and you go down, there's inevitably a problem checking it out. Like, oh, yeah. like their bar barcode won't scan. You have overdue fines, so you can't leave the place without being harassed. We make it difficult on you. That's, it's really... that's not by accident. Yeah. We well, need some entertainment. <laughs> oh, I see. So. There was funny. Um, one time Evan sent me a text. It was when I was uh, researching police peacekeeping and PTSD. A few Ps there. Um, and he's like, oh, man, you really killed us in G350. Because it was like the section all on peacekeeping, and I just absolutely pillaged it and just left them all on that return, like to be shelved later. And I was just oh, like the, the thinking day. of Evan. He's like, "Did you do, did you just come in here?" Another one was uh, like phenomenology, like all over the library, like wherever there's anything phenomenology related. Like Evan just knows that I was like through there. The day you finished your masters, we had to call in the reserve troops to do some shelving. That was a, that was a mighty uh, mighty day of shelving. I, I I will admit a confession. Uh, I have taken stacks of books and then not wanted them and just putting them on the shelf somewhere. I know there's a procedure. You're supposed to put them somewhere. But it's just, I got to leave. I got stuff to do. On the shelves? You don't even put them on that little thing up, like at the end of the shelf? No, just right on a what shelf What a somewhere. maniac. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with just, you? <laughs> uh, and so, and then if I do find a good book and I'm over my limit of what I can take out, I hide it. Hey, yeah, no, that's uh, you're oh, not alone. Yeah, you're I do alone. that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a big move. Yeah, mine. the uh, the film study section has lots of sociology hidden in it that I <laughs> like. I, I was like a squirrel. I couldn't find it again, so I know I hid it somewhere in there. But okay. yeah, anyway. gastronomy's got a lot of anthropology as well. <laughs> that's good. I'm taking note of all these hiding spots now. All right. Well, so I, I think um, I think we're about ready on to get this episode. On the show. You'll know what it yeah. is in relation to. But I have to say. This pen that I'm using, like, I'm loving it, man. It uh, it streams out. The ink comes out really well. It's got a good grip. And then as as I was looking at it, it says Mel and F- Mel and Phil. Yeah. And the wedding date. So yeah. I'm like, was this the pen that you signed your registry with? And apparently not. It's for the guest book. But like, you could tell that Phil is a man who enjoys a good pen. I I go pen hunting. Uh, I I will. Uh, I, you, I like I probably go through like forty to fifty pens a year. 
Um, and when I come across a model that I really like, I'll buy like two, two cases of it. Oh, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> like you got a bit of a... Like those... Uh, yeah, those like I have probably like a hundred up here in the office and then another case of like maybe 200 down in the basement. That's exciting. My dad, uh, my dad's got a, I don't know what the psychological term is, but a, a penphilia. Yeah. Like he collects pens and ever since I was a kid, like we would, it would be the go-to like birthday or Christmas present. You just get my dad a nice new pen. And while he's on the phone, he'll just sit there and like sign his own name. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny. Like I got him, uh, an ion, like a Swiss ion or whatever oh, pen yeah, those are um, good. like 10 years ago. And it still works, man. Yeah. Like no ink changes yet. It's, it's, and he uses it every day. Was it like the space pens or whatever? Yeah, they're, uh, that's why I bought it. It yeah. was like, you can write upside down in space or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my dad needs that for pest control. <laughs> Do you remember the, um, so there's two kind of episodes of the West Wing actually that talk about pens. Really? Yeah. Do you remember them? No, no. So, Fill me in. Uh, well, the first one that I, that comes to mind is uh, Jed Bartlett, the president, is sitting at his desk and he goes, um, Where, where's a pen? I need a pen. And Charlie, his assistant, just kind of pulls the pen that's out in front of him. He goes, no, 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 that's a fancy pen. I need like an everyday pen, something that's not too light, but not too heavy, has a good grip, good ink flow, all this kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, the setup to it was that like his assistant, Mrs. Uh, Lettingham right. had just died and she was the keeper of the pens and she would always slip a pen into his coat pocket or whatever. Oh, right. I do remember that episode. Yeah. That was like uh, one of those, like on a very special West Wing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the first story about pens that comes to mind. And the second one, I think it was on the West Wing. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was on something else. But it was about how uh, Americans had spent like, uh, I don't know, X number of million dollars trying to develop this space pen. And then, uh, you know, it's probably Toby or someone turns around and says, well, like, uh, what did the Russians bring up? And uh, the person goes, well, pencils. Oh, right. <laughs> That's genius. Oh, my goodness. So, like, yeah, it's I just, love the West Wing. Yeah, it, just, it, it was just kind of like uh, two kind of pen stories. <laughs> but pens are so important. I don't yeah. know. I, I really like a good pen. Yeah. Right now I'm really digging... Um, the the pilot uh oh pilot's the ship man yeah it's yeah. like this uh, v5 grip it's um i don't i like ballpoint pens mm. um but sometimes i'll get like the the nice the new gel yeah kind of pen yeah like the really the the thin lined like the razor one yeah those ones um like you can't mess with the the ballpoint like that has been developed back in like the 20s like yeah. the the sharp pens now, they run out of ink so easily. You have to hold them at a very specific angle. And um, we should get off of this topic of pens, my friend. It, um, I don't know, even know what I'm talking about yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm dehydrated. <laughs> um, so how was your week at work, man? Uh, my week at work is uh, was was okay. It was good. I'm nearing the end uh, of my work tenure there. I decided to... Uh, Focus on the podcast? <laughs> among other things, <laughs> such as a PhD. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my, my time is kind of running, running down, have a few more shifts left there. And it's, it's kind of sad, you know, to, to leave a place where you've been for a while and gotten into the, the habit, the custom, you know. Yeah. The, you've been there for more than a year or so. Is uh, that right? No, more than two years now. Two years? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so how is it like wrapping it up there? Like, it's weird. Like backing have up Have you my had office. an awkward cake party? That's what my wife no, calls it at yet. work. <laughs> where they just stand around awkwardly eating cake at 12. <laughs> yeah. No, we haven't had that yet. But we did uh, when when Mel and I uh, announced our, our, our wedding or whatever, um, my team did an awkward cake party. And it was <laughs> it was kind of interesting because uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, who was in the room, but there is someone who you would never kind of picture sitting there eating a little 
chocolate mousse cake with us and it was just kind of like oh god like i have nothing to say to this person <laughs> like you know regardless of whatever comes out of my mouth i'm gonna think that i'm an idiot oh wow when we stop recording i'm totally gonna get the yeah. name of that person <laughs> yeah um but uh so i've been talking about the podcast to everyone at work like i've been you know oh really you're oh, promoting yeah. like on your way oh. out you're just like download my podcast yeah Twitter like stuff. i'm i'm at the point where i'm thinking of putting up posters on my last day and just like you know postering the whole place with the, the logo <laughs> and the link and then just like mic drop walk away get some pens made up um but it was a kind of an interesting thing i think it was uh wednesday morning so i my my routine is i go into work i buy a coffee i go up you know it's kind of one of these big office buildings downtown ottawa so there's this kind of cafe that sells among other things like donut uh, not donuts muffins and breakfast sandwiches and this kind of stuff and it gets it can get pretty busy depending on what time you are in the morning. So I guess I was in there and I was talking with one of the owners who who's a good friend and a couple of people behind uh, serving the sandwiches and muffins and whatever while I was just waiting about the podcast and I was just telling them, you know, you, you really got to get on it and then uh, grab my coffee and for some reason I decided to go out for a smoke. So yeah. I had my coffee in the morning. I was early for some for reason. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so I had my I had my coffee, I had my smoke and I was on my phone probably just looking at the news or messing around. And I hear, hey, uh, I didn't, like, there's a lot of people around, right? So I didn't say anything. Yeah. And then he goes, hey, again. And I kind of am like, what, what? And he goes, y- you're the guy from the podcast. And I was like. Well, what? Yeah. He goes, yeah, you're the, you're one of the guys on the podcast. And I was like. Oh, uh, crazy. Yesterday I was thinking, I'm like, when is it going to be the moment when you like run into someone in public and they're like, oh, I listened to your podcast. Yeah, so that that was whoa, that's so soon, so, like, like it's I so know. soon to have. That must have really weirded you out. Oh, man. I was totally weirded out. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of like tilted my head and I was like, maybe. And he goes, <laughs> no, no, I heard you last week talking about the podcast in there. So then, like, I went and I found it and I've been listening to it and I saw. Whoa. So we had posted a a, a picture um, when we did the interview with Mel. Yeah, and we were in there. Oh, and, so he saw you so, there, right? So he saw yeah. saw it's there. And I'm like thinking of who follows us on Twitter and like, you know, who sent us emails and whatever. And I'm yeah. just like, you just assume everyone's a bot at, like yeah. in these early stages. Like uh, what episode number is this, by the way? Uh, this is episode 10. This is episode this 10? This is episode 10, my oh, friend. Oh, how exciting. It's an exciting time in, yeah. uh, in our podcast land. Yeah, we, it's just going to be a regular old episode. Yeah, it's going to be a regular think. episode. Yeah. So anyway, uh, b- back to my story. So, you know, I tilt my head, tell the guy, like, maybe. He tells me, like, why he knows me or whatever. And uh, I don't know, like, at a certain point in social relationships, you understand who the weirdo of the relationship is. Like, did you realize that you are the weirdo, Phil? No. No, oh, like no. 15 seconds in, I was like, oh God, this, this person is much, much weirder than myself. How so? Like we can't alienate our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well I got to like, he's just standing there, like staring at me. And I was like, okay, I got to ask him a question, I guess. So I was Does like, he well, work like in your building yeah, somewhere? Yeah, he works in the building. Yeah, okay. Uh, but not, not where I work. He works somewhere else. He's like the janitor. <laughs> no, no. Um, so I was like, well, have you been enjoying it? And he goes, yeah, you know, I've, I've been enjoying it. Um, oh, no. Some of the academic stuff is over my head. So that's a little like uh, hard for me to follow. Um, I was like, oh, are you a social scientist? Are you in the humanities or arts? He goes, no, no. Oh, that's good. That's didn't, didn't, what we want, but, right? Yeah, but then didn't tell me what 
he does do. Oh, very Like cryptic. I was opening doors for the conversation and yeah. he just wasn't walking through them. Oh, that is a very awkward it's encounter an, where they like just, it's shut, like you have closed responses or yeah. whatever. And then the conversation just shuts down. Yeah. You're like, so uh, how about this rain we've been getting? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like rain? So, but, <laughs> but then it started getting even weirder. Oh God. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you've been enjoying it. Um, okay. Yeah. So like, I didn't say sorry, but I was basically like, okay, well, like the podcast is about academic stuff so maybe it's not your kind of podcast he goes well you know i I've li- what? I don't do that <laughs> no i didn't i didn't say that i didn't I say that i would have gone home with the guy and like hung out all day <laughs> no no i didn't say that so um you know i said well have you been enjoying like the intros and the recommendations he says yeah yeah i really like the intros and recommendations you guys are pretty funny and uh, he goes but i do have one recommendation for you okay and i was like oh maybe i'll get an episode out of him or something he is goes is it like eating roadkill no, no, no. <laughs> no. Come on, man. He goes, um, you know, I've been, you know, I, I, I listen to quite a few podcasts and I think you guys should sound better. And oh, I, wow, and, really? and I kind of tilted my head the other way and I was like, well, like, what do you mean? He goes, well, when I listen to some other podcasts, um, I feel like they have a lot of listeners because they sound good. And I was like, uh. That's weird because that's the one thing I think we do pretty well. Yeah, like, not, is not you, bad. You, I mean, like we're improving. You're just learning. It's only yeah. our 10th episode. But yeah. I, like right out of the gate, I thought we sounded good. So he kept saying these other podcasts. So at a certain point, I was like, well, which ones? And yeah. he goes, well, you guys should sound like cereal. Oh, God. And I, and I, I wish. And I kind of took a step back and I was like, you're comparing us to cereal? Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Like, that's like, I don't even like, that's, that'd be absurd if either of us like, man, next month I want to be like cereal. Yeah. Like obviously like, you know, cereal. Slow huge... down. We should start with this American life. Yeah. Maybe. Oh um, like obviously cereal like has a huge budget and they can afford. Yeah. It's like radio lab and, and stuff. they have yeah, like yeah. professionals doing yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, so I kind of like tilted my head again at him and I was like, yeah, but like there's a there's there's a huge difference between what we're doing and what Serial's doing or any of those huge podcasts. He goes, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, if if you want to be good, then you should just sound better. Oh, and, I, and, and I was like, okay, man. Like, it was like thanks. the it was like the internet came to life. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was but like, like a in, message board in, just came and met you at work <laughs> in person. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for listening. Um, be sure you know, to like our tweets. <laughs> I, I hope I hope you continue listening. So obviously the person's I hope is listening to this one, and yeah. I just want to like put this out there. Fuck you! Wow! Okay? Wow! Like no, <laughs> Phil comes out swinging in episode ten. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say there's no way that like two dudes sitting in my office in the fucking woods, man, <laughs> in woods can sound like cereal, and that's not what's gonna get us huge listener numbers. Thanks for the thought, I guess, but like, come on. Continue to download, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's what happened to me at work. Maybe I was a little harsh there. Maybe I don't really mean like, fuck you, like, you know, seriously. So then, but... Phil, what is this uh, podcast all about? Do your spiel. Well, welcome. This is Semi-Intellectual <laughs> Musings. Um, I'm Philip Primo. I'm joined by... Matt Sanderson. Uh, this is the podcast that talks about social sciences, humanities, and arts. We do it through book reviews. We do it through interviews. We touch on topics and themes that we find uh, can speak most directly to your everyday life. Our commitment to you is that what we recommend, what we talk about, what we say that we care about um, is our true, honest opinions. Uh, We're not going to go around BSing you. Um, And really what the podcast attempts to do is to link the published world to the everyday world. Yeah, totally, Phil. Um, and without alienating anyone at the same time, I guess. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast, I was talking to my buddy from back home and 
he had the same sort of thing where he was like, yeah, it goes over my head a little bit. So I think um, just for me personally, I'll do a better job of asking questions and clarifying it, just acting as if like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, that guy who you met at work, uh, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, now I'm thinking back. Maybe it was a bit harsh. There, a little but... harsh. We might have to record this intro again. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking maybe should I cut that out? Should I edit it out? I don't no. know. No, I don't maybe. think we do that in our intro. No, I don't think so either. No. It's but our, it's our honest opinions. It is our honest opinions. And, um, you know, as you can probably hear from our, our tone and our conversation, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, the podcast is, is meant to be uh, whimsical. Uh, it's meant to be accessible. It's meant to uh, render what could sometimes be thought as or felt as a scary, dark, intellectual place. Uh, we're trying to lighten that up a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, That's a good ma- way of putting it, actually. Yeah, That's I just, yeah. just kind of thought of that, uh, yeah. of that way of putting it. Um, you know, I'm... We're sitting in our in uh, in my uh, work office, and there's a, a bookshelf behind us. There's all these kind of famous authors and all these kind of you know really classical books. Um, and what we want to do is take those off the bookshelf, broadcast it out, and kind of tell a message about them in a broader way. Yeah, like Fahrenheit 451 episode. I just listened to that this morning, and uh, um, it was a lot like further reaching than I thought. And I, I didn't realize how many times I said, well, I never really thought of it that way before. And I read that book like, what, like 15 years ago or something like yeah. this. And uh, it was very interesting to even just listen back to an episode that yep. we did. So, All right. Um, I'm going to tell everyone how they can get a hold of us. Uh, you can do so through several channels. Uh, one of them is Twitter. And we are at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. That's the SimPod. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Google Play. We are on uh, your favorite podcatcher apps. Uh, so feel free to search us, like us, uh, rate and review. It really helps the show. Um, you know, we were joking earlier, but all comments are, are actually valuable comments, and we really take them to heart. We've been receiving lots of really Clearly. good emails from everyone. Uh, how about we get on with the show? All right, let's get it uh, started. It's so wet, and like I've noticed here in the region, like you get different rain than we do out in the West Coast. Like It's very sticky. Oh, okay. Like It sticks to you, and um, it also, like in Vancouver and the surrounding areas, it kind of drizzles. Like it doesn't like pour yeah, like it, too often. Yeah, it goes like uh, dry and then rains for like four days here. Yeah, and you can see the, um, I guess it's because the lack of tall mountains in the ocean, right? It's obviously a completely different landscape, but um, you can see storms moving in here. Yeah. Like I, I heard that that was a thing in like the Midwest that they, they'll watch like storms come in yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. This is a bit of a... Uh, an observation I did and, you know, call me an anthropologist, but this is what we do. I'm constantly observing and. Okay. Well, what's your observation? For so today? something I want to talk to Phil about, and he's lived in the region his whole life. Um, so like in Vancouver, we're obviously very good at driving in the rain because it rains like nine months out of the year. Right. Yeah. Um, and all various types of rain, but here in like, say Ottawa, I've noticed that people completely lose their shit when it rains. <laughs> like they forget how to drive. They're either right. like, hey, look at me. I could be super aggressive and cut you off because I know how to drive in the rain. Or the opposite is like, oh, I'm terrified. Let me turn my windshield wipers to like maximum high and drive like 30 kilometers under the speed limit. Right, yeah. And I don't know. It's funny because I've also noticed like someone who comes from a place where there's not a lot of snow. 
like i was like okay i better learn real quick how to drive in the snow yes and he, people here i think they're they're like great snow drivers and they're very canadian like when you see somebody having trouble getting out of a parallel parking spot like if you're just walking down the street as like a relatively able-bodied um person you're kind of expected to help push yeah you know and people do they just stop and it's yeah. like you can't really walk by somebody who's stuck in the snow and no. just keep going you just feel like such a tool so i don't know it's just something i've noticed here that people they just lose it in the rain and it's I don't know. I was driving up here just screaming out swear words uh, from time to time at people. I was just like, Fuck! Like, like they were yeah. cutting you off or what just, were they doing? Just dumb moves. Like there was one person who was just driving um, like with the, the divider line, like right in the middle of their, their car. So they're like oh, covering yeah. two lanes and they're just yeah. like, it's, I don't know. It, it was just very frustrating for somebody who feels like he's a very good rain driver and it's also baffling because snow is so much harder to drive in you know you got to be more careful you got to have more skills um so it's weird here that people just lose it in the rain yeah i see like when i'm driving in ottawa and you can always tell that snow season has started when driving stops like Mm. um there's a whole contingent of people in ottawa that if there's like a millimeter of snow they like their cars in the in the driveway like they don't drive like they're on buses um interesting and then and then the thing that i know about ottawa is getting onto the 417 when it's snowing people forget that it's a fucking highway Mm. like they like they're driving 60 on Mm. the on-ramp to get on like like come on move it yeah you you gotta get up to 100 here yeah because you don't want to have to like go from 60 to like 100 in a merge when it's snowing because that's when you start skidding well, your exactly, tires right? exactly like are slipping and, <laughs> I imagine. And, I, and that's what they do and i didn't even grow up with snow like yeah. i know that it's just uh, i guess it comes down to common sense man yeah well com- or, not really. is it common sense isn't so common yeah it's, yeah. it's uncommon <laughs> oh, um so anyway we could uh, bore the listeners with more talk about the weather or i could just pass it over to you phil how have you been the last week uh this week has been pretty good you know um Work is uh, winding down for me, so I have uh, two more days left. Um, That's very exciting, huh? So by the time this airs, uh, actually, this will air on uh, the last. Uh, I'll be done yeah. when when this when this gets published. This episode, uh, episode eleven, uh, I will be done my 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 outside work, and I'll be transitioning into a new kind of weird life where I'll be working from home and yeah, yeah, almost like what I've been doing for the last like. <laughs> Seven years. <laughs> no, that hasn't been seven years for you. <laughs> Working from home. No, it's uh, like, um, I guess I never really talked about this on here, but just for the people who don't know yeah, us actually, personally. Actually, yeah, like, it, it fits with the theme of today's episode. Yeah, so yeah. talk about uh, talk about your experience. So so like I, I was doing my PhD. Like, okay, so when I was doing my master's, I took a one year off right in the middle for a medical leave of absence. I got like two concussions within two weeks and just couldn't do it. That was um, short though, your, your leave. Yeah, well, it was one full year. Like, okay. so it took me three years to finish my master's. So that's fine. Um, and then that's how I, um, how Amy got like a year ahead of me because we originally, right. yeah, my good friend Amy. Um, and Does then, she listen to the podcast? No, but I'm going to force her to. She's that was to. that was a name drop okay. so that she downloads good. all our episodes good. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I was doing my PhD. I uh, I think I took maybe a year's leave of absence somewhere in there as well. Um, but I withdrew from the PhD last May. 
after sort of we can talk more details in the show but um yeah so i withdrew for medical reasons and i withdrew it's called in good standing so if anyone else is facing a similar thing in in grad school let's say um there's usually provisions at most universities if you have a legitimate excuse like that um so now i can like reapply and just go back into the phd which i'm probably not going to do because it's too much but um yeah, for those who don't know, I, I withdrew from my PhD last year. But, uh, so how was it working from home? I think that's what we're... Um, it's uh, it's boring, man. It's boring. And you also have to, right at the beginning of the day, like in the morning, after you like pack Mel off to work or whatever and pack her lunch, um, you have to like clock in. Yeah. And, and you got to start. You'd be like 10 o'clock a.m. say, is my start time. And every it, treat it just like work. Like yeah. you have to regiment yourself. And um, I, I found that making lists were really good, not only for getting things done, but also giving you a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. And I'm in a state like medically or whatever, where like, it's an accomplishment to like, say, clean the kitchen and go to the grocery store. Right. You know, and um, so um, a lot of the skills that I developed in grad school, I'm actually bringing right over to my real life and my health issues. And so making lists and making yourself regimented is really helpful because, you know, when you're in grad school, it's it's a lot of thinking. Like you could justifiably sit on your porch and just think about your project for like an hour and that's actually work as well. Yeah. So sometimes I think it's important not to beat yourself up for um, when you feel like you haven't done anything in a day. Yeah, I think that's one of my greatest fears is, uh, you know, at the, you know, clocking in, I, I think I have the treating it like work down pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but clocking in and then at the end of the day, four thirty five o'clock rolls around and I, I kind of like, okay, stop. And then think back of what I've done. And I'm, I'm going to be hard, too hard on myself. Like, oh, I didn't get enough done today or this sort of thing. Um, so I need to develop some strategies, but I, I think I'll uh, keep you and everyone appraised of what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't. Um, um, can I, I'll just throw one little thing, um, because my wife, Melanie, um, she has a lot of, um, guilt. Like if she, she works in politics, so her job, um, she'll go in and says, oh, I'm going to do these three projects today. And then all of a sudden, like she has to write a speech yeah. for her MP or something. So, um, she will often, when I pick her up, be like, how did work go? What did you do today? And she'll be like, oh, I didn't really get as much done as I wanted to. And then I'll ask her what she did. And it turns out she did get a whole bunch done. <laughs> and so sometimes you'll uh, get your mail to just ask you what you did yeah. during the day so that you don't dwell on it yourself. Yeah, my mail's the same and it, though. It, it'll also make you accountable because you know you're going to have to tell your wife what you did that day. Yeah. So you better have something to tell her. Well, like, um, <clears throat> you know, I always find, okay, so uh, I set my list. Uh, let's say on my list, I need to read a book or I need to, you know... That's too. That's you know, too big, bro. That's no, too big. You like, got to break that down. No, I, I, of course. That's uh, sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> sorry, so, man. so like my list for Get the week. Excited about uh, time management, <laughs> right? Yeah, like so, like on my list for the week, I need to read a book. Yeah, I'm not going to read it in one day. I'm going to read like a chapter or two, right? Mm. Um, but then you know you get on to doing other stuff that comes up, and then at the end, like of the, landscaping, like, like landscaping, <laughs> or like doing whatever. And then at the end of the day, you say, "Oh, geez, all I did was read like a chapter of a book." Right. And so I think that scares me a bit. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, enough of that. Yeah. More to talk about in the episode. <laughs> yeah. More to talk about. Um, yeah. So how's your, uh, how's been your week, Matt? Anything new to report on? N- well, 
I was like, I never get a stomach bug, like a, like the flu, stomach oh, flu. Oh, yeah, you're still and dealing with that. I right? was like, just messed up. Like our last episode that we recorded, like I was just like you're sitting here white. kind of trembling and stuff, yeah. just holding it together. Um, so I've been quite sick, man. I was up at 4 a.m. today and um, was sick like all through the night. So I'm uh, hanging in there, but we are committed to our loyal listener. We are and, committed. <laughs> and, um, so here we are, man, out in the woods and... And I'm feeling a little bit better, so uh, I've just been sick the last week, so <laughs> that, right. that's what I've been doing. <laughs> well, that, that uh, on that cheery note, yeah. uh, welcome everyone. This is Semi Intellectual Musings, the podcast that explores social science, humanities, and arts. Uh, co-hosted by yours truly, Philip Remo and Matt Sanderson. Um, on this podcast, we try to connect the published world and the academic world to your everyday life, and we do it through book reviews, uh, through article reviews. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we reviewed uh, Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, and we made tons of connections. So that's another thing that we do. We connect kind of everyday life with the published world. Yeah, and uh, including the hockey cards as well. That's uh, very much everyday life. Like we connected it to our memories of childhood, and we also somehow managed to make connections to the fall of the Soviet Union. So, <laughs> And uh, how we do historical sociology or history, how we organize archives. Uh, yeah, And how you can predict uh, what... Uh, kids are going to become social scientists by the way they organize their hockey cards oh that's an interesting one yeah, yeah it was it, that was a really fun episode i have a buddy back home um daver if you're listening i know you are because you told me you, you do um he really liked that episode oh good yeah so so it's good we got good positive reviews um i told him to actually post a review but we'll see <laughs> yeah well i can i can do you have anything else to add no before? man let them know i can tell can everyone where and how they can post the reviews uh you can tweet at us at the underscore sim underscore pod you can send us an email at semi-intellectual at gmail.com uh, our website which includes the current episodes and all back uh all episodes that we've published yeah. uh, is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on your favorite podcatcher. Please uh, give us those ratings and reviews. It really helps the show. Um, this is our uh, one month anniversary, Matt. Is it? It is. Oh, that's, that's so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> our one month anniversary. So uh, happy one month anniversary podcasting, Matt. Cool. I, I might tie into that 12 year old scotch that you got in your cover oh, that you talked about like two yeah. episodes back. <laughs> we're doing that. Celebrate. Hey, Let's get on with the show. Celebrate. Uh, this is Philip Primo. I am joined by a special co-host guest, Aaron Henry. Uh, for today's episode. He is a longtime friend. Uh, we went to school together at Carleton University. Aaron is completing or completed a postdoc somewhere kind of in between. Um, but he's with us today. Um, so say hi, Aaron. And uh, why don't you give, uh, I don't know, a couple sentences about who you are. Sure. Uh, thanks for the introduction there, Phil. Um, I'm happy to have this chance. It's uh, been listening to a few of them. A few of your uh, podcasts are great. Um, He's one of our three listeners. Yeah. Well, no. I listened twice, so actually, then two. <laughs> two to three. Um, I, uh, um, yeah, I actually, sadly, you've kind of encapsulated most of uh, most of what there is to say about me. Uh, I was uh, a graduate of the uh, political economy program and uh, sociology program at Carleton. Um, I've uh, been working a little bit on a number of academic areas, but particularly I'm kind of focused on historical sociology. Uh, and state formation, and I'm getting kind of more into sort of those areas, how they relate to 
common sort of anxieties and concerns, I guess. Uh, and you moved uh, like a couple times across the country. Yes, I have. I'm part of the the newly established uh, nomadic precariat academic class. Um, so yeah, I was uh, in Edmonton for a while, and uh, we've recently moved back to Ottawa. And I'm actually kind of, as Phil was saying, kind of between things, but I'm also working uh, with public service too at the moment. Nice. And you're from BC. Grew up in Victoria. So we have Matt from Surrey, and now you from Victoria. This podcast seems to be trying to bridge the East and the West. It seems to want to do that. I don't know why. So yeah, it's a long-standing mission. <laughs> uh, Aaron, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. The reason why Aaron is with us, uh, as uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, um, you will have realized that Matt uh, Matt's putting out a little kid. Uh, a mini Sanderson is uh, coming into the world very soon. So over the course of the summer, uh, we wanted to be able to give Matt a break from the podcast, but because we are committed to putting out new episodes, uh, we found a special co-host, uh, Aaron. And you really, like, to be honest, you've been on the on the list, the short list of people for, like, since the beginning. Uh, you know, you, you, we, we thought of you. That's, that's very nice, Hulk. We thought Try of you. To disappoint. <laughs> well, I'm sure you won't. You, you, you'll do great. Um, but Aaron does have kind of a plan uh, for a few episodes. Uh, kind of go through, you know, at a high level, the next four or five episodes. What are you going to talk about? Sure. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be great. Um, so we sort of have, uh, I guess, there's four kind of big parts, and they're probably going to get divided up into maybe multiple multiple episodes. Yeah, we might, we might have to do part one, part two. Exactly. Um, so... We're sort of looking at this overarching, though, this kind of this number of themes. So the number, the first sort of theme that I think we're sort of trying to kind of touch upon, because it's already kind of been mentioned in, in other podcasts in varying varying degrees, is a question of survival. Um, so why survival seems to be so important today? Uh, why a number of our media are orientated around questions of survival? Why it is people like to try to outrun supposed zombies? Right. All those dreaded zombies. Exactly. Um, and also, two, why there actually seems to be an increased number of, a certain increased interest in board games and video games that feature permadeath. Oh, interesting. So, we're, yeah, we're looking at kind of that, that thematic of survival. And the, the reason why we're going back to that is that there seems to be a cultural kind of anxiety around trying to diagnose the millennial condition. Yeah. And so there's been a number of efforts to sort of say, you know, this is what it is to be a millennial. This is not what it is to be a millennial. Or the millennials are different and they're, it's impossible to classify them because of the breakdown of media, right? That they, everybody has their own echo chambers, their own kind of personalized media themes. And so as a result, we don't have that common culture. And I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that, but I'm going to say that there does seem to be kind of a saturation of our, of our culture, of our society around this theme of survival. And I think that that touches everybody, but it might be that demographic that is millennial has a particular affinity towards it. And when you say survival, what I think of are movies and books kind of like into the wild. Uh, but is that the sort of survival that we're going to be talking about? I don't, I, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but no, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I think that's, there's definitely something to be, to be mined in there, but I think there's, that's kind of a, a longstanding theme, uh, in, in literature is survival. But I think maybe to sort of illustrate this shift is that if you want to think about, I don't know how old you were, well, you probably would have been just a year younger. Um, in junior high, 
Survivor came out. Oh, Survivor. Yeah, of right? course. That came, out as, that came out as a game show, right? Yeah, yeah. And in some sense, that was a, an attempt to sort of simulate what it was like to be in a, in a dangerous situation, right? It was this uh, simulated reality to the point that trying to experiment with the hyper-real to an extent, but ultimately not doing it to, to a certain degree, right? It was ultimately very, very... It, it was kind of like Robinson Crusoe on steroids. Exactly. Nice way to put it. Um, and yeah, so I think if you try to think about that, where that episode came from and where we're at now, it's almost to the point that that's sort of playing at survival. And now that people are actually trying to contemplate survival as a real event, it's a, it's a reflective exercise, right? So rather than sort of a dramatic exercise, it's the way in which we might tune in to get ourselves engaged in situations that make us think, what would I do in X, Y, and Z? Right, right. So like, uh, I have a case of water, I have some cans of beans and I have like a, I don't know, like a flamethrower or something in case the zombies come and get me. Exactly. And why we're sort of attuned to that kind of thinking. Yeah. Maybe. Or a Dyson vacuum. I've always thought those things would be really good zombie killing machines. They kind of look like, you know. Like the vacuum? Yeah. Like the Dyson vacuum cleaners. Like, have you ever seen the new ones? They look like they're like zombie killing machines. Well, maybe they're, maybe they're ahead of the curve. Well, Dyson's onto something. (laughs) All right. uh, Survival as a first theme. What's, uh, what's your second one? So the second theme actually kind of comes from some of my postdoctoral research a little bit. Um, and so one thing that I was looking at for a long time was the history of the wolf. Um, why it is that the wolf as sort of this figure seems to erupt in certain kind of situations and scenes. And so you can kind of go all the way back to uh, Anglo-Saxon law when, when you were banished, you literally had the wolf's head put upon you, right? To more kind of contemporary renditions like the continual playing with the wolf as a theme in the new Fargo series for TV. Uh, yeah, there it is. I yeah. love Fargo. It's a great show. So we're kind of getting into what it is uh, about the wolf that makes it such a compelling character and particularly what it might be able to tell us about our anxieties around civilization today. Now, um, Aaron, um, you know, he always kind of undersells himself when he says, oh, it picks up a little bit about my research. Aaron's research is historical sociology um, I'm not even going to try to condense it into a sentence or not because it's fabulous stuff. But one of the things that Aaron kind of taught me about the formation of Canada, uh, particularly around the Hudson's Bay Company, was that really the wolf pelt or the wolf, uh, you know, carcass uh, played a intrig- like a really important role in the economy, right? And kind of bringing people together and, you know, colonizing the country. Yeah, well, I mean, especially... Um the the wolf's pelt, for instance, uh, in in Alberta, uh, in sort of the 1880s, 1870s, was a really it was a very important, uh, a very important pelt. It was something that the state would actually mandate that you go out and shoot a certain number of wolves and bring them back. Right. The thing that was kind of interesting about it is that it became, and we can, we'll get into this in the actual podcast in a little bit more detail. But the wolf's pelt actually became a standard in many cases for indigenous people as well. Ah, and sort okay. of that kind of crossing over of what it meant to clear the plains, what it meant to enforce colonization meant that the eradication of wolves and the eradication of indigenous people occurred side by side. Right, right. Uh, so we have survival, the wolf. Uh, you have a third one for us? Yes, and this actually kind of takes its way off from this. We'll, we'll sort of explore towards the end of their episode on the wolf. Um, very short but very interesting kind of scene from The Shining where uh, Jack Nicholson basically ends up playing uh, the role of the big bad wolf putting down the bring, breaking down the door to a very frightened uh, Shelley Duvall, right? That's the the classic scene with the with the that. hatchet into the the 
the door, right? Where he kind of busts open the door and then here's Johnny. That's exactly it, right? right? right, 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 right. I'll, and before that, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. Oh, he does say that. He does. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so there's something interesting about this. And that's that if we go back to um, certain sociological theories, that there's always kind of a relationship between the sovereign and the beast. And in that particular scene, we'll kind of get into it and analyze it. But there's sort of a, by Kubrick, there's an interesting deployment of Nicholson as both wolf and patriarch. Oh, okay. And so we're going to use that to actually get into sort of this last segment, which is uh, roughly termed, and it's sort of an, in uh, an ode for Matt, termed the fatherland. The fatherland. And Very nice. So we're going to be looking essentially at uh, anxieties around the patriarch. And Okay. It, yeah. All right. Um, but on today's episode, I think what we're going to do is uh, start to get into the notion of uh, survival. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to cover all of it. So it might be a part one, part two sort of thing. You know, we'll, we'll see where we end up. Um, Aaron, do you have anything else to add, uh, you know, as a way of intro into the next, what seems to be probably five or six episodes? Am I allowed to give any plugs for this beer? <laughs> uh, well, let's, we'll, okay. So we're going to do the beer after. We're, we'll do a recommendation at the end uh, for the beer. We are having a beer tonight uh, as a special occasion. We normally don't drink on the podcast. Said, said no one at the Simpod ever. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna tell you how you can get into contact with us. Uh, you can tweet at us at the underscore sim underscore pod. That's the Simpod. You can email us at semiintellectual at gmail dot com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. dot dot com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and your podcatcher of choice. Um, please get into contact with us. Send your questions concerns, considerations for Aaron or myself uh, to our email. We'll do the best that we can uh, to reply to you. Um, And check out the section of our website, which is additions and corrections. Uh, On there, we're going to be posting lots of links, lots of pictures of stuff that Aaron is putting together for us. Um, I really look forward to it. Thanks again, Aaron, for stepping in. Special co-host for the next few episodes. Um, Let's get on with the show. Sounds great. Oh, I, I don't know if I've been keeping them though. <laughs> you I, think, have. I think I've been getting rid of them. Uh, we might have to do that. Make that uh, like celebration of our 25th episode or something like this. Oh, our 25th will be coming up. Actually, our 20th will come up before the 25th. Yeah, that's usually how numbers work, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back, man. Yeah, uh, it's it was really. It's, uh, it's been like a while since we've. Uh, it seems like out. it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, last night when I was working up the notes, I was like, oh, I'm just getting all like excited listening to all the music that we're going to play for everyone today. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to, uh, to uh, hear Aaron on the podcast. Yeah. A uh, big thank you to Aaron. Uh, you filled in admirably. I think I left a comment somewhere that uh, he had very small shoes to fill, but he did so admirably. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, his conversation. He's, God, he's a smart guy. Eh? He is. He's yeah. uh you know, I've said this uh, to him. I've probably said it to you. Uh, yeah. I've said it to everyone who I know. Uh, he's probably one of the smartest people I know, like including lots of profs that I've had dealings with. And, you know, he, um, he, he, he's a tall, it's a tall order when mm. you talk to him. Yeah. I, um, I kind of feel the same way about Evan. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I knew that going in, I'm like, I'll oh, wait till Phil gets a hold of this guy. Cause he's so young, but he's like, like really smart. And I've said the same thing about Evan. He's like him and, um, 
one other friend of mine, uh, Davis, if you're listening, <laughs> shout out to you. You're a really smart guy too. Yeah. Um, but I've said that to a number of people. Like these are two of the smartest people I know, but they're so young. They're both like 22. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, and I was also surprised, uh, like, it, like, honestly, I, I had no idea. I assumed so that Mel was a genius as well. Like I would expect nothing less, but, <laughs> uh, wow, she's, uh, she's right up there as well. She is definitely. And it's funny that we have like the first three guests we have are like three of the smartest people we know. Yeah, that, that is very true. There's some academic honesty for you. Yeah, there it is. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, what Aaron has put together for us. It's, um, you know, it's four, maybe five episodes kind of follows the same sort of theme throughout looking at different things. Um, he sent me some notes, you know, Matt, when uh, you send me notes, it's one or two pages. Mm-hmm. When Aaron sends me notes, I think he's up to 70. Uh, it's like all the background research to it. It's, oh, wow. uh, I think it's snippets from something that he's been working on for his postdoc and it, uh, you know, it's in depth. And then right in the middle, I just see like this four pager on Fargo and I'm just excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be the next episode with him about the wolf. And, uh, we're going to get into talking about Fargo a bit more. So is Fargo going to be like the, um, the key example? So if anyone's listening and they haven't like had a chance to watch Fargo, is it worth like maybe checking out even a few episodes? Uh, you know, it might be, um, it's going to be for sure one example amongst, uh, several. I think we're going to return to The Walking Dead like we did last episode uh, a little bit. Uh, but the imagery of the wolf is really powerful in Fargo and it's kind of right in your face. So we kind of go back to uh, uh, season two of Fargo uh, and he hasn't seen season three, but, um, you know, a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, I'm going to uh, play a couple clips from season three while uh, we're podcasting together. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really podcasting fun. with... Uh... With Aaron, not, with Aaron, not yeah. right now. Okay, because no, 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 I'm no, like, no, how no, is he right going to connect this to uh, to right protest now. songs through the ages? So um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the how the series sort of evolves. Is like the Aaron uh, Aaron Henry series. Well, yeah. that's it. Like we brought him in as a uh, special co-host, uh, but he came in kind of prepared, ready to do a whole mini series. So it's going to turn into like our summer, our first summer mini series, which is uh, fantastic. You know, it's it's something really special to be able to have him willing to come on, uh, prepared with really kind of really interesting stuff. Yeah. And hopefully this, um, like this podcast was intended for us to be kind of an avenue to, I don't know, maybe write and and teach and whatnot. Uh, hopefully it's the same thing for Aaron as well. So hopefully this like inspires him to write even more things. Cause I know he's also published and he's, yeah. um, he publishes outside of academia as well. Yeah. Did he I has one that on in the media? Montreal literary review magazine. Yeah. Um, really, really kind of interesting piece on scrappers and, um, like people who pick up scrap. Well, he kind of, yeah. Like I don't, or whatever. you know, I think, uh, I'll get into it with him a little bit. Yeah. Ask him about it. Cause I'd be interested to hear more. I saw it, um, posted on our, our fan yeah. page. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just that with that guy though, there's so many, uh, rabbit holes to go down. And uh, you almost have to hold on. So you also did an admirable job of uh, returning to and explaining some stuff. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. So, Well, enough about that. Yeah. How have you been, Matt? Uh, good. Um, my wife is, uh, you know, still pregnant. And uh, I'm in the mode now where I'm, like, afraid to be away from her for too long. Yeah. and Or be too far away. Yeah. You know? So um, we're both ready. Um, we have the baby shower. Thank you again for coming, you and your wife uh, coming, and all our friends uh, who came. Um, that was a lot of fun. We uh, we went yeah, to a pub. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's um, it's just 
basically that. Like I'm, uh, I'm in the mindset. Um, it's funny. I, I was sick, like, um, like on the last episode, basically. Um, and then afterwards I had, it just sort of stuck like a, like a clench in my stomach. And, um, a few nights ago, Mel, Mel, my wife, um, said, oh, I think you're just stressed. And then like the clinch in my stomach just like unwound (laughs) and I was like, oh, and it felt so good. Yeah. And it took me like a day to kind of unstress, but, um, I feel fantastic now. Great. Yeah. You're looking a bit better. You're a little white and green last time you were here. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I hope Aaron didn't catch anything off of this mic. (laughs) Well, We'll see. We'll We'll see see. (laughs) if that uh, summer series is delayed a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so I understand that you're, uh, you're back into your own summer swing. You're back into the research. So yeah. give us a, give us all an update. Well, I think this is my first full week of not going into an office. Uh, it's a little weird. I find myself uh, finding things to do around the house. Um, you know, things that need to get done, but probably not right away. And my approach is that it needs to get done right away. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of procrastination, but I have made uh, some good, uh, some good headway on some of the stuff I've been working on. Um, so... Yeah, it's feeling pretty good. It's a little weird to send Mel off, my Mel, uh, every morning and not leave with her. Like we kind of got into a routine where we'd Mm -hmm. get ready together and then leave together. So, you know, staying behind is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a new, new era. The the house is empty and Uh, it's quiet. The house is empty and quiet during the day. So you got to like immediately throw music on, man, or, uh, or put me on speakerphone. I'll, uh, let my gentle, uh voice lull you into a state of complacency oh i don't know what that means (laughs) um but also um sometimes when you think you're procrastinating it's really just you getting your head around like the enormity of what you're about to undertake which is a dissertation and comps as well because they do comps in sociology yeah carlton um so like where are you at like what are you doing like right now like uh well right now i'm trying to put together um a, a chapter which basically looks at different ways that uh, historical epistemologies and ontologies have been uh, looked at. So basically, what do we pay attention to when we do historical work? And uh, how do we put those things together to form knowledge? So the ontology being the objects of analysis, the epistemology being the system of knowledge that allows us to understand those objects. I so, really wish I had that sort of definition. Can you just repeat that one more time? Because that was the simplest okay. definition I've ever heard of the two. I was about to ask you to explain. <laughs> right. Uh, so like ontology are the objects that we pay attention to. So like our ontological environments are composed of social relations, material objects, thoughts. And stuff, thoughts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that can also be expanded to, to, to things that we cannot see. So maybe atoms, energy, mm-hmm. and our ontological world uh, has historically changed things uh, are there in view and then things kind of disappear or they reemerge in different ways. Um, So that's ontology. Epistemology is the systems of knowledge or the ways that we make sense of those things. Um, So if we think of a time when the ontology was that the world is flat, um, Mm. your ontological makeup is that it's, I don't know, like a cube or like a piece of paper. Uh, Your system of knowledge then is that uh, there's a void. There's matter and a void, and you can fall into the void if you're not on matter. Um, so those, the, you know, epistemologies and ontologies go together. They have uh, really interesting histories. So I'm trying to put together a chapter that looks at ways uh, that those have changed. So what uh, theorists or 
important works influenced um, the way that ontologies and epistemologies have changed in sociology, in historical work, in philosophy, uh, those sorts of things. Um, how far back in time are you going to go with this? Because it seems like it's a theoretical section, but it's also a historical, like historical yeah. theoretical section. So I mean, this is, sounds like a comp or something. Yeah, it it, it could. Or it should be. Or, yeah. Or works towards. Um, how far back am I going? That's that's an interesting one. I think uh, I'm going to start kind of with uh, the pathological and the normal. Um, and it's kind of like a way of doing historical sociology or historical studies. studies. comes from France from, um, you know, Foucault has a, has a marvelous uh, introduction into Kegien's uh, pathological and normal. Uh, then I'll probably move into historical ontologies with Ian Hacking uh, mm-hmm. and look at uh, how Ian Hacking kind of addresses the question. I'll skirt around uh, genealogy, which is another Foucaultian kind of concept. <laughs> and I think, you know... That's wise, yeah. You uh, can only that, have one giant Foucaultian like concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, the groundwork that I'm laying is to show that the debates uh, in science and technology studies and some uh, feminist studies most recently are important to pay attention to. So, you know, historically we've looked at law, we've looked at social relations and STS, uh, science and technology studies has come in and said, well, look at the non-human actors for one, um, for some feminist scholars say, well, you have to look at gender. So those are ontological shifts, mm-hmm. uh, but they carry uh, very important epistemological implications for how we study history. Okay. Remind me to talk about um, like third and fourth wave sort of gender in the next episode. So just uh, remind me, Phil, but um, that sounds fascinating, man. And um, I will continue to ask you about it because um, when you know somebody's going to be asking you about it, you tend to, uh, you know, get work done. So you have something to talk about. Yeah. So um, I'm really looking forward to reading that, man. That sounds really fascinating, actually. Yeah, so that's been my kind of light week. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Just like <laughs> tangling with epistemology and ontologies yeah, uh, while basking in the uh, now beautiful weather, man. And uh, I still yeah. haven't seen the front uh, uh, clover field yet. So it's um, coming in. after this, we'll take a quick peeky-poo. Yeah, it's coming in really nice. Uh, yesterday, oh, so procrastination method yesterday, yeah. I went out and you know, trimmed what needed to be trimmed and re-raked and uh, re-seeded. Uh, and, you know, of course, I have to play with uh, the watering timers and the sprinklers that I have. And so anyway, I spent like, you know, four or five hours outside yesterday just messing around <laughs> with that. Awesome. Cut the grass, you know, trimmed uh, all the weeds and all that crap. Yesterday, though, was like the first perfect day it that was. we've had. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, I don't think it's a spoiler for anybody who's in rural Canada right now, but the black flies are gone in mm. our area, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's a godsend. But then they've been replaced by like a cornucopia of other insects as well. Yeah, tons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I don't know what they are. They're like these caterpillars that have descended from mm. the trees. And it, like I'm, I was looking at some yesterday morning having coffee and it was kind of like a slow descent. Like it just kind of like slowly comes down and it's, and it comes on this like tiny little thread and then it reaches the deck and it lands and then it kind of looks at you like, oh shit. <laughs> and then it like scurries away. Uh, I think those are moths, cal- yeah. moth calipers. Yeah, like think, they're all kind of. I think so. Well, it's um, another summer filled with insects and nature. So uh, hey, that's, uh, that's living out in the country. Why don't you tell the good folks how they can reach us? Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or considerations for us, you can reach us on Twitter at the underscore SIM underscore POD. You can email us at semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website that includes the history of the, the shows and uh, the show with Aaron is thesim.podbean.com. 
We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Google Play. We are on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, please leave us some ratings and reviews. It really helps the show. Uh, recently, since Aaron's episode, we've had lots of good comments, lots of good feedback. Uh, those things are incorporated almost immediately. Yeah, we can see them right in the numbers because we're so new. Like bumps like that, they uh, they really keep us going, man. It yeah. really helps our confidence. So, so we like it. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be back after a short break, and we're going to get into, I think, I think the episode that will encapsulate what this podcast is about. Oh, really? Good to be back. Uh, Good to be back. You know, he's uh, he always cuts to the bone. So, yeah. like, he's you know, he doesn't he doesn't really mince words with anything, and that's something I really, really actually quite like about him. But uh, so he said he really liked the show, but oh, that's he, good. he also always has kind of his own take, and I don't think it's so much a take that's contra, but it's okay. It's a different one. So like he just, had his opinions about. Yeah, his opinions we about, about, okay. we about for sure. Yeah. So what were they? Well, um, so I think his his point was that he would sort of agree, and this is kind of, I kind of like his language on this, but in terms of ownership, it might be the case that yeah, millennials are, are more or less a, a, a return to a peasant kind of class, right? That they don't like. Like we, we don't own. We don't stuff? own very much comparatively. Okay. Well, I I don't think we own junk. Oh, no, I wouldn't say we own junk either. I just don't think he just says, like, if you want to compare the buying power of millennials to their baby boomer generation parents, then, yeah, we don't we don't have as much stuff. That's kind of his point. But his, his kind of element on this was that, like, the fetishization of survival is actually more to do with kind of our own myth, right? It's a myth about trying to recover some sort of Homeric kind of figure who is actually able to take control of the elements and... Okay. Adult's autonomy. Okay. I, I might be able to get behind that. I get behind I think he's, I think we're kind of on the same page in terms of the fact that there is something going on with autonomy, right? And the, yeah. There's definitely a lack of it. Yeah. And if there's a lack of something, then there's this desire to have these situations where it can be exerted. And so I was even hearing on the radio, we didn't mention it, it would have been perfect last week, was this television show about being alone in the oh. wilderness. They, it's, uh, it's the ultimate survival show, apparently. Where really? It's Canadian. And, and they, they like stick some poor schmuck out in the, in the field and like survive? <laughs> they they stick, I think, several poor schmucks out in the field to oh, survive. Boy. And this year is different apparently. I haven't seen the other years. It's on History Channel. But this year they actually have teams, but they're separated by huge distances. So part of the part of the initiative is to find your partner. Oh. Who's also stranded in the, in the woods. Oh, that just sounds awkward for everyone. It sounds terrible. And the, uh, the big... Glamour, I guess, or the the thing that makes it different is that there's no camera crews. So it's like GoPros. It, I think it's done with drones. Drones. I think drones play a big part. Drones and micro sensors. So you've got this really bizarre oh. intersection between the heightened capacity of the surveillance state. That is okay. I gotta <laughs> check the, that out. And the desire for individual autonomy, right? Oh, like, wow. isn't that bizarre? Oh, I gotta check that out. Oh yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah. Anyway, um, since the last time we saw each other. Um, have you been? What's uh, what's new in the world of Aaron? Yeah, no, my week my week's been okay, I guess. Uh, you know, it's uh, nine to five is yeah. is a bit of an adjustment. Um, I suppose I, my wife and I, we had uh, an encounter with the with the digital economy. The digital economy. Yeah, and I think the big takeaway of the digital economy is just its interoperability. That'll be the will be the drag. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So your, I mean, your face kind of look like you're looking at me like this isn't a good thing that happened. No, well, it was just, it's a frustrating thing. It's no one's, okay. it's not the end of the world. It's just frustrating. So okay. 
um, as you as you probably know, uh, my my wife and I are expecting the end of August. Yay! Which is exciting. Congratulations! Yeah. So okay, okay. So this podcast uh, has done a couple things. It's it's brought the east and the west together because you're you're from uh, BC. Yeah. Matt's from BC. Now Matt got pregnant. Well, his wife. But, you know, yeah. Got pregnant. Yeah, right. He's on the podcast, and now you're telling me that your wife is pregnant. Yeah. Well, has, those, has been. Yeah. So between the two of us, you'll probably have one person who's full. That makes sense. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So and even then, that's a bit of a stretch. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So it just seems like everyone is, uh, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so one thing we really wanted to get was some patio furniture. So we could sit down. Okay. That's, uh, well, that's... That's very important as you become, you know, pregnant. To, <laughs> to, to, to be able to sit. To be able yeah, to sit down. Sure. Outside. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's very nice. Um, and I don't know if you know this, probably, maybe, maybe you do. Um, Home Depot is trying to push its... Yeah. It's online ordering system. Very much, yeah. Right? So is Lowe's. So they're all trying to yeah. move to this model because this is the new digital model of the 21st century. Sure, yeah. But there are also still large corporations with the bottom line, right? Yes. Which yeah. means that they have interesting behaviors. So we decided we we'd, we would go ahead and we would be the pioneers and help help Home Depot start off its online business. How how uh, uh, adventurous of you. Yes. Well, you know, we're big risk takers. Yeah. As it turns out, we actually are, I suppose. Okay. Um, so we ordered it back in May. In May. No furniture. Hasn't arrived. Hasn't come. What the? F- and so we're like, okay, well, you know, there's a strict, there's a deadline on the we- on the website as to, you know, how long you can expect to wait for your, for your patio furniture. And Is it that the, long? The deadline exceeded. We were way over. Didn't okay. come. So okay. we, we basically, I say we, my wife, you know, she called them up and said. Got hey, on the horn. Hey, yeah, hey, what's up? Where's, where's our patio furniture? Yeah. And I guess they lost the digital ticket or something. So the warehouse had no record of, of our order. So huh. they had to refine the ticket. Okay. But as, so, and they were supposed to call us again this week to arrange a time to come. Oh so boy. they found the ticket, but it turns out the ticket, something had to be done with the ticket, which made no sense over the phone, but would mean that there wasn't, there's going to be another phone call this week. And really, this isn't your problem. This isn't our problem. No, we just want, like we just want somewhere just, to sit. Just, yeah. Get my pregnant wife a fucking chair. That basically was, yeah, that's the subtext of my conversation. We're like, come on, please just yeah. get get the chair. Um, so uh, what ended up happening though was, so this afternoon actually, I spent about two and a half hours on the phone. Oh boy. And through like this, these layers of sort of communications, it turns out that what Home Depot has done is they have kind of... um offshored or I guess out sorry not offshored outsourced their uh the delivery model to this company called same day delivery. Which becomes very <laughs> That's ironic. Very ironic. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was quite, yes. Um and that <laughs> is the best part. Same day delivery has outsourced their delivery. No. Yeah. So there's like three tiers of people that you have oh, to go through no. to get to get this stuff. So wow. the long story short is I went down to the physical store yeah. in the end and said, Can but, you can I get some furniture here and just, you know, take it back. And they're like, well, we don't have any here, but our other store does. But the best part is they couldn't even cancel our order no. in the store oh, boy. because the systems don't speak to each other. Uh. So this is, this is this point, this interoperability. So you've bought a set of furniture now. No, I mean, you we, couldn't even do that. You couldn't even do that. Oh, so I don't know. I think I'm going to sort it out this weekend. Cause it's, it's kind of important that I, yeah. I get this result. And like this stuff isn't cheap. No, well, that's just it. I mean, it's uh and that was kind of a big choice on our part because we could have easily just trolled Kijiji or yep. Craigslist or yep. had some patio furniture, but we decided we wanted to do 
the proper thing for the economy, the good thing for the economy and go out and consume new products, right? Which is yeah. what, you're, what you're supposed to do. Well, you've, you've injected the money into the economy. That part you did right. That's true. Actually, I've, I've done quite well. I've, for the, for, in terms of capitalism, I've, I've given away money and I haven't yes. had anything back. So Perfect. that's kind of the, that's the desirable way <laughs> that model works. Uh, yeah. Uh, ordering stuff online. Mel and I have tons of stories about ordering stuff online and it not working or being lost. Or the most recent one uh, was we, for some reason, put in uh, the wrong address. So uh-huh. we ordered something, uh, noticed that it was the wrong address uh, on the account, uh, but after the order had been finalized. Uh, but th- so the the product, the, like the stuff that we ordered were was sitting in a warehouse in BC. And we caught the error before it had even left the warehouse. So it's not on a delivery truck. The company said, no, no, it's not up to us. Uh, it's up to the shipping company. Contact them. The shipping, shipping company said, we can't do anything about it. It needs to be the seller. Okay, call the seller, the company. No, okay. What we're going to do is we're going to ship it out, but to the wrong address. Yes. And then we're going to send a a courier to go pick it up, to send it back to the warehouse, and then we'll refund you, and then you can order the product again with a new address. So it's the stuff traveled from BC uh, to Quebec, from Quebec back to BC, and then from BC back to our, our house here. Why would they possibly do that? It, it's the most stupid thing I've ever heard of. That must have cost them most of their profit on the thing that you bought. Uh, yeah, probably more. That's crazy. Yeah. Not to mention like the whole low carbon economy. Dream. Oh yeah, but you know we're really environmentalists about all Jeez. this, right? And like you know, you know, at some point Mel said, "Well, just don't ship it all the way across country again. Just bring it to the local." Uh, like it was UPS who was handling yeah. the shipping, just bring it to the local UPS shop and I'll go get it there. But I can't go to someone's house to get it. Like, that's just like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, like, first that. of all, that's that would, that, like that weird, weird and dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know who's going to answer the door, but just send it to the UPS shop and I'll go get it. I don't mind like driving, you know, half yeah. an hour to go get it, but I, nope, send it back. Really weird. Huh. Really weird. That's a... Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about digital economies and digital fidgets. Uh, this is Semi-Intellectual Musings. I am uh, your regular co-host, Philip Primo, and I am joined by special co-host... Uh, Aaron Henry. Uh, Aaron is back with us uh, for another episode in his mini-series. Uh, really excited to have him on. Uh, the show, Semi-Intellectual Musings, is about social sciences, humanities, and arts. We put the published world in conversation with your everyday life and your everyday world. Uh, We do it through book reviews. We do it through our honest opinions about stuff. And um, Aaron has set up a mini-series for us uh, that looks at the published world, but also kind of beyond, right? Uh, We got into it a bit last time around the notions of survival, um, millennial conditions, millennial anxieties. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the wolf. Yeah, that's that's the idea. Um, the wolf. Uh, sure. And so I guess um, the way that I'm sort of hoping that this will work, our sort of procedure is, I'd like to talk about the wolf uh, broadly in relationship to the the formation of states. Yeah. But also, uh, and the kind of the more direct tie here is the relation of the wolf to longstanding, but different in different times. Uh, sorry, I'm going to rephrase this. Uh, the relation to the wolf in the way in which we talk about criminality. Wow. The wolf, crime, the state, you have a lot in for us. Um, I'm going to tell everyone how they can get a hold of us first, uh, because we'd love to hear some comments from you. We'd love to hear more comments from people 
uh, who've listened to the last show with Aaron, uh, how you can do that is on Twitter at the underscore SIM underscore POD. You can email us on semi-intellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, your podcatcher of choice. Please send us some ratings, send us some reviews, send us your comments, questions, concerns, and considerations. Um, But this is going to be an Aaron episode. I might have to sit back and kind of let him drive on this one. Okay. Well, please feel free to jump in whenever. All Um, right. All right. Well, let's get the show started. Turn that off. You don't need your phone in here. I I actually do. <laughs> you never know, right? Oh, it's okay. handy to look over. Yeah. <laughs> My water broke three hours ago. <laughs> is that? Oh, no, that's not a possibility, is it? Um, No, it's not. Actually, she told me today that um, I don't really have to worry too much about, about this. Like, I can actually podcast kind of like up till like, you know, a week before or whatever. Like, okay. we can podcast a little bit. But, but isn't uh, it a thing that babies like come early? Um, they do, but, um, labor doesn't usually, uh, progress in like one hour. That's like more of a movie trope because it's, uh, like, you know, it sometimes happens, but, um, I'm only like realistically like 30 minutes away. Yeah. If I don't go home in like rush hour or something. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, sure I want to be sitting here when you get a call, uh, saying your wife's going into labor and I got to rush you out the door because what's going to. What do you mean? What are you worried that we're going to cut? The freaking podcast. No, short? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, know? I don't. I don't give he's a like shit. a he's a cold podcasting producer. He needs to get the content out. <laughs> yeah. Once once the studio's, he's up, like, come gotta... on, man, we got ten minutes left on it. No, no. What I'm saying is, like, if I'm with you and you get the call, chances are I'm going to be uh, in a my red sports car flying in front of you <laughs> with like my lights blinking and honking and like I'm just, I'm going to escort you to oh, the yeah, hospital. You're going to be the chaser. Yeah, the chaser vehicle. The chaser. Yeah. Like I'll I'll take I'll take the speeding. I'm going to catch you. a drift. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, catch a drift. I'll, I'll take a speeding ticket for you i'll create a little drift action yeah no so how's the uh how's the house living it's, it's weird now like i didn't see you for like more than a week maybe and then like now i've seen you like twice in three days so I it's know, like and this so is, what's new man i like, think this is my fifth podcasting episode this week yeah it's like <laughs> some sort of uh record eh? uh for me it is yeah. yeah this is uh i'm but you know it's it's been really nice mel uh my wife has been away um, a little bit. When wifey's so, away, podcasters will play. <laughs> well, that and that actually rhymed. Yeah, I'm, I know. Uh, oh yeah, it was Thursday when we did ours because I was yeah. like, "Oh, toga Thursday." You're like, "It's hot up here." I'm like, "I'm going to wear a toga." <laughs> yeah, it's been warm. It's been nice uh, doing a little bit of work around the house, whatever. Uh, but podcasting a lot. Did a couple with Aaron. Yeah, how did uh, that go? Phenomenal. Yeah. So the, like the, two in total now. All right. One's yeah. published and then one's one's like going to come out, and we got another one uh, almost uh, ready to go. So, oh, wow. uh, like you yeah. recorded like two or one and a half, like like one and a half. Yeah, wow. at yeah. this point, and that was um, late night podcasting too. We we're up till two thirty a.m. doing it. Yeah, it was really nice because we were able to have the window open, oh, and uh, so anybody who is a podcaster or has podcasted or has sat in on a podcast knows that the rooms that we do these in are extremely warm. Like I, I never thought of like the blankets on the wall being, cause that's like our setup here. Pull yeah. back the fourth uh, cur- blanket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reveal the, the blankets, fourth. Matt. Um, but yeah, we have blankets on the wall. I never thought of like the insulating, like warming effect, but it's like basically like we're in like a room size sleeping bag. A room size sleeping bag. And we typically do it in the afternoon and that's when the sun hits the side of the house. <laughs> So like we have all the factors going against it's like us. like a sweat we, box. Like we need to have the windows closed, the curtains pulled, uh, blankets on the walls. There's padding everywhere. But... I'm going to put you on the spot, Phil. Uh-oh. 
describe the smell when we come in to record like the cold intros um, after we've done the main hunk like after we're like one hour deep and we're coming in to be like this week on semi-intellectual musings uh i would picture a field of wildflowers and then the prettiest rose that you could imagine just <laughs> sitting on the tip of a stem that's what the room smells like matt because you know as the saying goes um men smell like roses yeah yeah no, well we, known saying. We're 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 two uh, pretty clean guys. I would have to say. Yeah. You know, we're as podcasters go. Yeah, as podcasters go. So, like, about, I haven't seen you for two days. So, has anything happened up in and around the property uh, in the last couple of days? Like, uh, not a whole lot. I saw the clovers growing. Yeah, clovers coming in nice and slow. Um, <laughs> no, there's been some squirmishes out back. Uh, wildlife uh, skirmishes yeah wildlife at our place love to get into little mini fights sometimes bigger fights sometimes yeah. brawls really yeah like so, what kind of wildlife like uh, you know it can be anything uh raccoons uh skunks uh birds yesterday it was blue jays crows and these other little like uh almost look like sparrows like little bullshit birds the little yeah the little sparrows and anyway so like what happened yeah Tell us. Well, give us the uh, the play by play. Oh boy, I don't know how interesting this is, but uh, I find I find it interesting. <laughs> I want to know more. Uh, Who okay, won? <laughs> so the crows follow the blue jays around because I think the crows want to rob the blue jays' nests. The blue jays came in to rob the sparrows' nest. So now you got uh, a bunch of sparrows. Like I'm talking, like maybe 20, 30 sparrows losing their shit. Uh, these blue like jays spitfires. Yeah. These blue jays came in uh, to rob the nest, and there are maybe like uh, maybe 10, 15 mm. of those. And then about an equivalent pack um, or gaggle of crows. Gaggle. Um, it's a yes. gaggle. I believe it's a gaggle of yeah. crows. Yeah. Murder of ravens? Murder. Oh, maybe it's a murder of crows. Murder of crows. Not I don't know. Raven, whatever. Nevermore. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so then the crows started like attacking the blue jays who were attacking the sparrows, and like the fight kind of was in the trees, maybe like. 20 yards from where I was standing. So who were, so, okay. So the crows were following the blue jays and the blue jays were attacking the sparrows. Yeah. Wow. It's like, uh, like the old lady who swallowed the fly. I don't yeah. know why she swallowed the fly. Yeah, I don't so, know why she um, swallowed the fly. so who were you rooting for and who uh, came out on top? Well, it wasn't like that. What? <laughs> it no? wasn't, it wasn't one of those. Were like... you rooting for peace and harmony? You little pacifist <laughs> after the protest songs? Like now you're just turned into a pacifist on me. <laughs> just, uh, you know. Come th- on. I was going, I'm going for the Blue Jays quite obviously. The, well, the Blue Jays are little shits, man. Of course they are. Uh, little <laughs> shit disturbers. Even in professional baseball, that's actually our reputation. That it's is kind of like true. shit disturbers. <laughs> that is very true. Let's go uh, uh, bat flip or something. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, like the crows are annoying because they're big and they're loud. The Blue Jays are annoying just because they piss everyone off. The sparrows are annoying because they shit everywhere. So, like, I, do, I really don't care about any of these three wildlife. Um, <laughs> what I find interesting is when that is going down, like, I don't really notice what else is around. But mm. I can just picture, like, the red-winged blackbirds mm. or some other, like, you know, other ones sitting up in the trees just being like, look at those assholes. Yeah. Like, look <laughs> yeah. at how uncivilized they are. So, so you got mad respect for the red-winged Blackbirds, yeah, red winged blackbirds. I got those look really cool. You see them on the golf course all the time, like flying around. Yeah, we we have a lot of them here because we have lots of water, lots of lakes and streams and stuff, and they tend to stick around those areas. Uh, They are very neat. Um, Yeah. So anyway, enough about my backyard. Wait, wait, wait. Who who won then? Like, what what was the final result? There is no. I don't think. uh, I don't think anybody. Like, if anybody lost, was the sparrows. But I don't think the blue jays. Yeah, the sparrows are losers. Well, they'll relocate. The blue jay proved itself to be uh, jerks, and the crows are 
opportunistic. Yeah. Okay. So like, it, it, like status nature quo, balances like, itself out. Eh? No, like no one got stomped out. Like it was just kind of like, uh, they just played to their own characters. Huh. You know, no one lost their, their, their street corner on this one. Huh. But I will keep you informed of other fights that happen in the background. Yeah, there yeah. Are, there are lots throughout the summer. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it'll be a recurring segment in the intro. <laughs> All right. Uh, how, how have you been the last couple of days? What's, uh, is there anything new with you? Um, no. I got nothing, man. I, like I'm, no? I'm thinking like straight up no. Like I, I prepared for this podcast a little bit, like touched up my notes and uh, been sitting out on my deck. We got some new gravity chairs. Like, do you know what those are? Oh, sweet. They're like, you sit on it and like kind of like it reclines in a smooth way. And um, yeah, I'm just been sitting out on my deck and uh, looking at the pool that I haven't swam at yet, but our like buildings outdoor pool is finally open. So I'm going to take the wife down there and do some swimming maybe this afternoon. Do you, yeah, are you so. a swimmer? Do you like swimming? Uh, no, I am not a swimmer. I am a sinker. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've always been that way. Like when I was a kid, when I was like well past the age that you should have water wings, um, my mom to get them off of me would deflate them a little bit and then take one off and then like deflate the other one and then take that one off. And I had to like wean myself off water wings, like over a span of an entire summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did, had the same thing with training wheels. Like I'm a, uh, I think for I'm, a guy with 20 concussions, I'm actually a very cautious person. Yeah. But it's no, weird. I've seen you just, move around. You're pretty cautious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but water, like, like the, those little water wings, I would say that it took me a while to shed them as well. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would venture a guess. And uh, if any of my family's listening, please correct me on this. Uh, but I would venture a guess that it was a neighbor that got fed up of seeing me come over in their pool with water wings that <laughs> eventually was just like, no, you're up and you're not. We got to make a off. man out of this yeah, little like, take, boy. Take, take those off. That's hilarious. Well, I think uh, fear of water, uh, like I got a small fear of heights as well. I think yeah. those are reasonable fears to have because if you fall from a height, you'll die. If you sink in water, you'll drown. Like it, they're reasonable. It's not like I'm also terrified of zombies. Like that's, that's irrational. Really? Oh, I'm, I'm, that's. My like, biggest fear. Like, like you like, wake up in cold sweats. Yeah, like or? even you talking about like uh, Walking Dead or whatever yeah. on like podcasts kind of like creeps me out. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It's my one like real rational fear. Wow. Have you ever saw a zombie? Um, yeah, like we have that fucking zombie walk that goes through Ottawa. I've seen oh, it twice because yeah, right, I used yeah. to live down in downtown area. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was terrifying to me. Yeah. Even though there's just people dressed up, it really creeps me out. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I find uh, with some things like that, like I, I'm really freaked out. Um, of those, uh, I think they're called like shadow men or, mm. um, what's that? It's, it's kind of like this, uh, like tall, lanky black figure. Oh yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You see them in dreams sometimes. They're in like, exactly, the corner. Yeah. yeah. And, Just sort um, of watching. like I never really was freaked out cause I would like, you know, watch the documentaries about the paranoia or paranormal and that kind of stuff. And, yeah. uh, like none of that freaked me out until one Halloween, there was a guy dressed up as one. Oh. And, uh, it was like really, really well done. Mm-hmm. And he was just lurking. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't going door. like, he was just like hiding, like under a tree behind bushes oh and God. just kind of freaking everyone out. And it's so scary because it's like seeing a shadow of a person at nighttime. Exactly. That's what yeah. it makes it so yeah. disturbing. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, Albert Camus, right? The stranger. Oh, tell us about that. <laughs> On another podcast. Oh, right. That's like my uh, little uh, sneak peek into the existentialism podcast that I'm going to like bore you all with in, uh, sometime in the future. Well, welcome to the show, folks. This is Semi-Intellectual Musings, uh, co-hosted by yours truly, Philip Primo. And Matt Sanderson. It, Semi-Intellectual Musings is a podcast that puts in conversation the social sciences, humanities, and arts into your everyday life. And we do it through book reviews. We do it through our honest opinions of works. Uh, we've done, uh, past episodes, 
most recently on protest music, which I felt was a good way to put a published uh, work into conversation with everyday life. Uh, we've done uh, past episodes on mental health, on concussions, uh, where we looked at some articles, uh, reviewed those, and talked about our own experiences. Uh, really what we try to do is take that deep, dark bookshelf or vinyl shelf, <laughs> uh, the ones that could seem intimidating, uh, put them on the table in front of us and talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and like, for example, in today's episode, I'm going to do like a primer on anthropology. It's like going to be real surface, but it's like kind of what I would do in like the first tutorial of an Anthro 101 class, kind of give a big, like probably too big of a sketch of uh, kind of uh, what you need to know about the discipline before you can actually start listening, uh, learning about it. Right. So I figured it's a perfect time to do it right before my hiatus. Well, before we uh, get into the show with that, I'm going to tell everyone how they can get into contact with us. We are on Twitter at the underscore S-I-M underscore P-O-D. You can email us at semiintellectual at gmail.com. Our website is thesim.podbean.com, where you will find the history of the show. Uh, we are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, please subscribe to the RSS feed. Give us some ratings, some reviews. Uh, make sure to comment on our episodes. It really helps us along. We've been putting this out on a one-hour format twice a week uh, for the last little while. We might have to go to once a week, but if we get enough comments asking us to keep it at twice a week, uh, you know, I can I can arrange things. I can make that happen. Cool. You yeah. ready to start? Let's get on with the show. Make your hands clap. Uh, hip-hop, what's happening? All the way. 